0: 55453 that's the Sickle toll Free Call-in line 855-450-3733 Normally you can call in and talk about anything you want but normally we don't have guests on Free Talk Live it's a it's a pretty rare occurrence.
1: Normally you don't have a live show on a Sunday night. That's true.
0: We <laughs> probably should let folks know this is the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live and it's Mark and Stephanie. And you can you know call us at 855-450-3733 but in this first hour we're gonna we're gonna you know be talking at least for a period of time with uh, Richard Carrier now um, Richard I know you're a PhD and I know you've written a controversial book so introduce yourself
2: oh hello yes uh, yeah my name is Dr. Richard Carrier uh, my background is in history of philosophy and um, history of science and origins of religion or the Christian religion and I've written and published on modern naturalist philosophy and also on ancient history, ancient science, and the origins of Christianity, including the resurrection and the historicity of Jesus and historical method. Uh, my latest book, Proving History, uh, takes Bayesian reasoning and shows how that's the new way to examine Jesus studies and I show how all historical methods reduce to it, and so that's an example of some of the, the convergence of my historical and philosophical work. So,
1: okay, I have a questions right off okay. the bat because um, I think most of our listeners probably wouldn't be familiar with what is Bayesian reasoning and I, I, what I, is uh, at least half, half of his, our hosts. to tell you that naturalism. I don't know what it means. Okay, this one hundred percent of the yeah. hosts don't know what Bayesian reasoning is. <laughs> so could you clarify, yeah, I, please? Sure,
2: sure. Uh, yeah, I live kind of a dual life. I, I, I work in two different fields. Um, and, and one of them is, is dealing with philosophy as a worldview, as trying to determine what is the true nature of the universe, the nature of ourselves, and so on. Uh, and so there's, you know, all the traditional philosophical subjects come up. And in that, naturalism is the view that I defend, which is the view that nature is all there is, uh, but that, that goodness still wow. exists and, and, and happiness can still exist. And so, so as on. opposed Morality
1: to supernaturalism. Exactly,
2: uh, okay. you know, supernatural Buddhism uh, on the one end, or or Christianity or Islam, and so on. Sure, I can get on uh, so, board yeah. with
1: that. <laughs> just yeah. does Michael? Uh, does uh, excuse me? Does does Richard know um, our kind of backgrounds and where we're coming from?
0: I, I haven't. Uh, I Rich, Richard's bit. on for an interview. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess I a little bit. Yeah. Just so you're familiar, Richard, um, Mark and I have talked a number of times on the show about uh well nature like the nature of the universe religion and those kind of things i am an atheist uh but I was raised Jewish, so I, I said when I came into the studio, I am completely uh, a blank slate on this whole topic of whether Jesus existed because when I was a kid, I was taught not, essentially nothing about this, and then I became an atheist, and I said, well, what does it matter if Jesus ever existed? Because the supernatural stuff isn't true. And uh, yeah. Mark, I think, is a little more of a theist than I, am I'm of certainly a
0: theist. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not your average Christian theist. I was raised Christian, and I uh, re- reject uh, the, the logic of the Bible and so that's you know that's where I'm at.
2: And as I understand, you're a Quaker as well,
0: right? That's right. I am a Quaker. Um, you know, the, yeah. there there are certain, some Quakers are not necessarily the, they don't have to, you don't have to be a theist to be a Quaker. Nor it's just mm-hmm. sort of a method of sitting in silence.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the 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 moral platform of Quakerism is actually one of the most admirable among Christian sects. So, uh, good on you there. Most a- <laughs> most folks
0: feel the same way. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. now you have a controversial uh, book that you've put out here. That's
2: right. That's right, which gets me to the other side, my, my other life, uh, which is my, my, my actual PhD that I got from Columbia University was in ancient history, ancient intellectual history, so ancient philosophy, uh, religion, science, and so on. Uh, so I've also, I also do a lot of work in ancient history, and the two fields together, philosophy and ancient history, have put me involved with historical method, like how do historians understand the past? What is the logic? Behind sound historical reasoning mm-hmm. uh, so I've been involved with that as well, and then of course, heavily involved in in Jesus' studies, you know it, it, combating a Christian apologetics and supernaturalist apologetics and so on uh in throughout all of this i was I was with you it, it didn't really matter whether Jesus existed or not. And I always just assumed that it was a well-established fact that he did, and I thought the idea that he didn't was, was a, an absurd sort of conspiracy theory kind of thing. You know, it's like the aliens and the pyramids and those kinds of things. So I always dismissed those theories, and, and I, was just, I always just assumed that Jesus was an ordinary charismatic preacher. Um, we have lots of examples from anthropology, uh, the whole ethnographic record of people like this who, who can uh, appear to perform um, miraculous healings and things like that but don't really Sure. And then had some great ideas, and, and then, of course, then myths and legends grew up around him, as they did around so many uh, famous people, you know, Alexander the Great and and, and so on. So, so this, I just, it, that seemed like the obvious explanation for the evidence, and it, it wasn't a, a threat in any sense to my atheism or my naturalism. It was just it fits right into the, all the expectations of history. All the other religions have similar stories. Um, but... Uh, Several people really insisted that I needed to look into it further and especially concentrate on Earl Doherty's book, The Jesus Puzzle. And they said, well, you know, most of this Jesus myth stuff is really garbage. It's really terrible argumentation. But this, this book seems to have a, a really good scholarly argument. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll look at that. Uh, and so I did, and I wrote a review that was kind of mixed, but it was uh, unexpectedly positive. I, I realized that he actually had a better argument than most people were giving credit. Uh, now, it's still true that a lot of arguments for The Jesus Myth are bad uh, – even arguments that aren't terrible are nevertheless, I think, unconvincing. Uh, but if you, once you sweep away all of the, all of the garbage arguments, all the conspiracy theories and, and all the quack arguments, and, and then even all of the, the, the sincere arguments that, that are unconvincing, once you get all of that away, there's still a few arguments left that are
0: compelling. Um, <laughs> now I, I love what, this position, yeah. Richard. The, the position that, that you've uh, laid out here for yourself, and it is unenviable, uh-huh. is I agree with the <laughs> quacks. But I'll tell you why they're quacks. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yes, right.
2: Um, yeah, no, it, it, it's a strange thing. Um, but it was unexpected to me. I didn't expect to find this. And so
1: well, hey, that's the, of- I would say that's the mark of a true scientist is like when you come to a conclusion based on what you believe is solid reasoning and evidence that you know, is a certain conclusion, even if it's unpopular, even if you didn't expect to find that. You have to accept it because the way that you achieved that conclusion was valid, right? I, I
2: fully agree. Uh, no one else notices this, but anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, I don't know that uh, one could even uh, put this into the realm of science. This is studying Sure, it's a history. science.
1: Philosophy is a, is a science. Yeah, but
0: you can't prove the existence of anyone with philosophy, including George Washington. Yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, this
2: is,
0: this is, this is history. History
2: is a, me- a member
0: of the sciences. Um,
2: History. I often describe philosophy as science with with little data, right? Philosophy (laughs) is science with not (laughs) enough data. Um, But history is the same thing, except history, you're not talking about grand questions about the nature of existence. History, you're just trying to figure out what happened, right? Uh, What existed? When did it exist? You know, figuring out what happened in the past. Uh, But history, the methodology of history, is very much like science. And in fact, in my book, Proving History, I lay out in many details why and where the parallels are and how it is actually a science. The main difference is that the data, We just have a dismal data. The, the amount of data we have is is much less than we have in the other sciences, um, especially for ancient history. So, so for and especially even most of all for the origins of Christianity, we have some of the worst documentation that you could possibly expect for the origin of a religion. So it's really, really hard to determine what actually happened. We're doing kind of like looking at clues and trying to figure out what the most likely explanation is of the little amount of evidence that did survive. Um, And so I think to an extent in history, you can't be as certain as you are in science. And even in science, you're not absolutely certain. Things can change with new information. But in history, you have to leave a lot more room for, well, I could be wrong, uh, but this is what seems to be most likely the case. And you can say that in, in different degrees depending on how much evidence you have.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, now your, your claim here is, is that Jesus never existed, right? Um, I think that's more likely than not, but that we can't say for sure. Okay. So what is the most compelling of, of – you know, you've written a, what, a book and then you're writing, writing a second book on the subject. What's the most compelling reason to you that you believe Jesus didn't exist?
2: Uh, it's, you know, there isn't really a single piece of evidence that says, oh, you know, that's a smoking gun. That convinces me. Uh, it's, it's the congruence of several pieces of evidence. One of them is the fact that the letters of Paul are extremely strange, the, the authentic letters. You have to realize that about half the letters are forgeries, okay. and even mainstream scholars, even mainstream scholars agree, that, agree with that fact. Um, in fact, Bart Ehrman wrote a book called Forged, which is a really good book that'll set you uh, set you straight on where they where the mainstream consensus is on on this question. But only about half the letters are authentic. But when you look at those authentic
1: letters, they're very odd. Uh, I want to hear how is, they're odd. But yeah, I mean, this yeah. is
0: yeah. this so, is very interesting. So Paul, I mean, you know, the the one thing that we can say about Paul is he wrote at least some of the books that were out there, and he's contemporary with yeah. Jesus. This should be very interesting. Uh, Richard, please hold the line. if you've got questions for Richard Carrier who claims Jesus didn't exist call in 855-450-FREE. Free Free Talk Live.
1: Tired of that same old government-free baklava from Mandrake? How about trying Stateless Sweets Government-Free Fudge and Caramel? Stateless Sweets are made with real ingredients and prepared fresh for delivery to your home. Order them as a gift, a well-deserved decadent treat for yourself, or catered for your next event. Go to StatelessSweets.com. That's StatelessSweets.com.
0: Talk Live, 855-453. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, and normally you can call in and talk about anything you want, and certainly we'll be doing that later in the show. But right now, we've got Richard Carrier on the line. We're doing an interview with him, and it's his claim that that, you know, as a PhD historian type fella, that Jesus never existed. And it's it's a bold claim. I mean, I think Time Magazine called uh, Jesus the Man of the Millennia or something like that. And it's wow. it's interesting. He's so pervasive in Western culture that the idea that this person never may may never have existed.
1: Yeah, that brings up the question of: Does it really matter whether he existed? Because so many people have latched onto these ideas about Jesus, and it's like. At this point, he definitely exists in people's minds, at least, and he influences mm-hmm, yeah. the idea of Jesus, influences a lot of things about culture, you know. So, the, I don't know, that question just sort of came up for me, Mark, as you were talking. Yeah, well, well yeah. indeed. Richard, go ahead.
2: The the historical Jesus, people, most people are really not even interested in the actual historical Jesus. This is something that right. mainstream scholars have been annoyed with for a while is, uh, when you start peeling away the myths and legends, even the mainstream scholars who try to discover the historical Jesus end up with a Jesus that, that doesn't fit what anyone wants Jesus to have been. So, uh, <laughs> the may, people who are, who are really big on Jesus existing, who really need Jesus to have existed, are the people least interested in what uh, these mainstream scholars are discovering or arguing uh, the historical Jesus yeah, is like. That
1: doesn't surprise um, me. And yeah, uh, so, now so I want to hear right, you. It's, it's more you, of the
2: shibboleth of it.
0: You had given, uh, you know, the, you're going to give us the what you could consider the most compelling evidence mm-hmm. or confluence yeah. of evidences. You you talked about it, but you know, this is it's interesting. From this time, there were you know many different gods, uh, sort of circling around out there, and I don't think anybody really believed any of these people existed. I don't think. You know, they they didn't believe that Zeus walked the Earth. They didn't think that Sol Invictus had had lunch down here. They really? Didn't. You, you think, think be people surprised, didn't? surprised, actually. You'd be surprised. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, yeah. Uh, there, there were a variety of different views about the gods uh, in the ancient world, Um and in fact, the masses, the vast majority of people in the time, people who would be the least educated, uh, were often very much uh, in, in the camp of believing that these gods really existed in some form or other, and that some of them had even invisited the earth. Uh, I so
1: was that, thinking, that was if you can, true. if you can get people in 2012 to believe that uh, their whatever imaginary friend that they choose exists, uh, or oh, that, here we that Jesus really existed, then I would be willing to bet that people in the ancient world. Really sincerely yeah. believe that these things existed.
0: So let's get back yeah. to the history here, Richard. Um, yeah. What what is the most compelling evidence? Uh, you'd said that there's some confluence of evidence, and I'm interested yeah. in what is what is that com- compelling evidence?
2: Yeah, uh, of course I have to point out in, in going in that I can summarize it, but of course you realize that that any scholar or defender of historicity will like take issue with every single one. And and to me the the interesting thing is what happens at the end of that debate, which is a really long debate, which is why I'm writing books on it. To sort of sort it out, but uh, to mm-hmm. just give you the sort of opening volley, the sort of idea that the, the first thing is that the, the letters, the authentic letters of Paul, are strange in the sense that they only seem to know and speak about a cosmic Jesus. His Jesus only exists in heaven, and is only known. His sayings and information about him are only known through revelations and scripture. So, uh, b- before you go on, given.
0: this I mean, Paul doesn't say Jesus of Nazareth. Right, yeah he doesn't say that, yeah. "Jesus was at the well with the woman, the Samaritan right. woman, he doesn't he say he
2: talks about his ministry at all, yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah. this is important for people because, uh, you know, when Christians – I was raised Christian, strongly Christian – and when they're when you, you read the Bible as this sort of uh, compendium, this whole book, and so you get the evidence, that you know the, the stories about Jesus existing on earth, and then you read Paul's stuff. But you never really parse each little piece, mm-hmm. and apparently yeah. – and, and I haven't gone back and read because I just don't care that much anymore – but apparently um, Paul never stated that Jesus existed on the planet. Uh, he never makes that a
2: clear statement. He never talks about the ministry of Jesus, never talks about anything Jesus did, never talks about uh, Pontius Pilate or any of that stuff. Uh, he, and the only sources of information he ever mentions, not only him having, but anyone having. He doesn't mention anyone having any other source of information about Jesus other than revelations, private revelations of Jesus and Scripture, secret messages hidden in Scripture. Now, there are some passages in, in Paul's letters that, that could be taken to infer a historical Jesus, but they're very vague. And to give you an example, he, he has this passage in 1 Corinthians 15 where he says, you know, according to scriptures, Jesus uh, was, uh, basically was, was crucified and was buried and then rose from the dead and then was seen. And it was seen by various people, and he talks about this. But he, he doesn't mention Jesus being seen before any of this. Jesus is only seen afterwards in this <laughs> sequence of events. Mm. And so you might wonder, well, he's saying he's crucified and buried, right? That was now where I was going. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the fact is there are lots of uh, deities and other beings that have undergone events like that in outer space, and then we actually have a Christian document. That's not an early Christian document. It dates uh, – the text itself might date to the 2nd century. There's there's debates as to how early it goes, and it's been redacted multiple times. And it's called The Ascension of Isaiah, and it's basically this – someone wrote a a book claiming to be the secret revelations written down by Isaiah. Uh, Obviously, it's a bogus text that someone made up. Uh, but they're representing it as a revelation of Isaiah, and Isaiah was presented with this information about jesus who's Isaiah? and in in the uh, Isaiah' the prophet from the old testament
0: okay isaiah
2: and um yeah yeah isaiah yeah. okay sorry uh, yeah you talk you'll to know, layman you'll here <laughs> Lay yeah, you know him from yeah that's that, that's a common way to pronounce it as well isaiah <laughs> um Anyway, uh, so in, in this story, uh, this you know his revelation, the angels tell Isaiah that um, this Jesus figure is going to descend from heaven, become incarnate, and then he's basically going to uh, be executed by Satan and his demons in the atmosphere, in, in outer space, what we would call outer space, and, uh, and then rise from the dead there. He wouldn't go all the way to earth. Now, this was redacted. There's a little section that was thrown in that actually has him go to earth. It throws in the whole Mark and gospel and stuff like that. Uh, but we can tell that that was a later addition, and you can see from earlier remarks that the story was going to have him just be killed by the demons in outer space. Uh, to give you another example, we have an early Jewish text, um, the life of uh, this is called the life of Adam and Eve, and um, or the Testament of Adam and Eve. And in it, uh, the body of Adam is buried in the third heaven. So basically, you have an outer space. There's, there's that's where the Garden of Eden now resides, actually. And Paul actually mentions in his letters uh, either him or someone visiting this Garden of Eden in the third heaven. Uh, So we know this is a belief shared by the the Jews of of Paul's group and the Christians of Paul's group. So uh, there was a belief that that Adam's body was buried up there. So you could be buried in outer space. So just the mere fact of mentioning a crucifixion and burial doesn't necessarily entail existence on Earth. So that leaves us to the question, well, what is he talking about then when he talks about Jesus being crucified and buried? And he doesn't mention anyone seeing this or knowing about it except the revelations in Scripture. Um, What does he mean? Does he mean something in outer space or is he referring to something on Earth? And that 's sort of the challenge, but the weird thing is, is that, that you would think if there was a recent charismatic ministry of Jesus that he was so powerful and influential in in his preaching that he started this movement that would last for decades and grow uh, that debates and, and so forth would be would exist around the nature of what happened to him, what he did, what he actually said, you have issues of, of eyewitnesses like if, if Jesus is said to have said one thing, and then someone says he said another, you 'd be argument over who who was there to hear it, and so on. But we see none of this in the letter. There's no debates are resolved by saying, well, so-and-so is there, and, and Jesus said this at this occasion. He never mentions, for example, well, I know Jesus said this because Peter was there, and he said, and so on. So that's the well, kind of thing that we would expect, this kind of discourse about uh, questions about Jesus. Richard Carrier, uh, you know,
0: I've, got a, I've got a question on that, because I yeah. know that mm-hmm. Paul uh, was supposed to have met some of the disciples, including Peter, and there's a right. bit of a kerfuffle that went on there, mm-hmm. and I want you to... Yeah. H- to hold on to this, um, you know, until the next the next segment, um, is that well, you know, Paul met P- Peter and Peter met Jesus. So, I mean, you know, who 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 knew what at what times? I mean, you know, I'm very interested in this. Free talk live eight five five four.
3: Online Bitcoin Poker at sealswithclubs.eu. That's right. Play poker online with Bitcoin, the digital cryptocurrency. Anonymous accounts optional. Email, Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals at sealswithclubs.eu. Great player rewards, free rolls, and other promotions. For more information, visit us online at sealswithclubs.eu. No seals were harmed in the making of this advertisement.
0: Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's a sacred toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can call in and talk to us about, well, at this point, um, what Richard Carrier is talking to us about, which is, did Jesus exist? And I think it's very interesting because we live in a in a world, in a culture, in a society where Jesus is ubiquitous um i mean you know the church is on every corner and the idea that jesus may never have existed at all from a historical standpoint is very interesting to me so i you know i'm i that's why that's why i've got richard on the phone here and um, talking to him about it richard are you there yeah Hello. okay yeah. great so um we were talking about the sort of the the You were talking about Paul and the compelling reasons why um, you know that Jesus may not have existed, but I found one that was very interesting. Is there's a claim that Nazareth didn't even exist when Jesus was Hmm. around? Um, What is this one of these crackpot claims that uh, circles out there? Because I mean, there's certainly there were Nazareans. Wasn't uh, Samson one of those?
2: Uh, Well, that's a different thing. Uh, Nazarites, Nazarites, now there is a theory that that's where the original epithet came from for Jesus, that Jesus was a Nazarite as well, Um, and there are mainstream scholars who propose that. Uh, But a Nazarite is someone who takes a particular kind of vow um, to, for example, uh, not cut their hair or not uh, drink wine for a certain amount of period, and that makes you a Nazarite. It was a form of of becoming uh, ritually pure. Uh, and so there's a theory that that's a possibility. But usually when, when people are talking about Nazareth, Jesus as a Nazarene, the assumption is that he came from Nazareth. Uh, and so that's like what the Gospels claim. And so the the argument that you're talking about is that some claim that there was no Nazareth then, so he couldn't have come from there. Now, there there's two problems with this argument. The first is, even if it was true, it's not an argument that Jesus didn't exist because uh, it's possible pe- people didn't know where Je- the actual historical Jesus came from, and you could make up where he came from. So like, for example, Bethlehem. That was clearly most mainstream scholars agree, Jesus was not probably not really born in Bethlehem, and so that was a fabricated story, a mythological, legendary development. And Nazareth. Now, why do they well. claim that?
0: So, why do they claim that Jesus wasn't born in Bethlehem? I mean, you know, there was the counting uh, yeah, and all this stuff.
2: Right, right. There's a lot of reasons. Uh, the the main one is that he was called a Nazarene, so the assumption is he's he was he's from Nazareth. And the gospel stories, the, the nativity stories that have him come from both Nazareth and Bethlehem are in many ways massively implausible. Uh, they, they seem to be stretching uh, the story to try and make this implausible double origin story make sense and do so to make it fit prophecy. So a lot of scholars think that this is just a, a myth that was developed. Uh, and because there's a lot of miracles involved and so on, so it's a myth that was developed to sort of explain how Jesus could fulfill prophecy when the Messiah was supposed to come from Bethlehem, when in, in fact Jesus was believed to be a Nazarene and so on. Uh, and, and so that's what a lot of mainstream scholars agree is probably the case. Um, And so Nazareth could have been made up too. So the fact that even if Nazareth didn't exist, that to me is not a strong argument that Jesus didn't exist. It's just an argument that that's part of his story was made up. Okay. Uh, And and it's possible that that he called Nazarene for some other reason.
0: When you're talking to normal people, I mean, this would be Mm -hmm. a huge blow to the uh, the Jesus story. I mean, once that's true. Because once a piece of the Jesus story isn't true, then the Jesus story isn't true.
2: Well. Well, yeah, then they're really in trouble because mainstream scholars do not have their back on that one. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and this is this Uh, is very interesting. Is that the vast majority of Christians and preachers, people that they pay uh, lots of money to to go to school to be taught about Christianity, don't know what main you know like what what scholars have agreed on at this point about these uh, the scriptures and and that kind of thing.
1: And are most of these scholars? atheists or are they religious themselves? I mean, I, it would seem to me like if you know most of this stuff, the more you know, you, the more you realize this is all <laughs> made up, you know, this is just taught to me. Well, what's the answer to that question? They're
2: both, actually. There's a lot of... Of course, they're usually liberal Christians uh, on the liberal spectrum of, of theological thoughts.
0: What's that mean? Uh, but they're, they, they're, what's they're, that mean? They uh, like gay folks? What's, what's liberal mean? This, well,
2: maybe, but uh, no, <laughs> typically... They're not they're not fundamentalists they're not obviously not biblical inerrantists they're not biblical uh, uh, literalists and so on um, and so they're, they're comfortable with the possibility that Jesus was just an ordinary man but there was something spiritually important happening through him to the agency of God and so on uh, so but there, there are a lot of Christians so in the, among the mainstream scholarly community I'd say that there's a lot of Christians and a good proportion of atheists but not I wouldn't even say a majority probably but I don't really know either. there haven't been done any no polls have been done to really tell So I'm Richard, just judging from people but,
0: um, Does somebody have yeah. to be very, very damaged emotionally from um, to to get into the study of uh, religion <laughs> as an atheist? Um, I mean, you know, because I got to say that I'm thoroughly damaged by my time Me uh, too. in uh, you know church, Sunday school and church, and I went to regular Christian school, and yeah. all these stories about you got to do what we say, and morality is as hell. we say it is, or you're gonna go burn for eternity. And I mean, these are these. These are scary, scary stories. That once you say, you know, I'm just going to leave this behind, it, I think that I think that you're bitter in a lot of ways. Uh, well, I do
2: know a lot of people like that. I missed all of that, so I don't have that background. Um, I, I didn't have any uh, negative experiences with Christianity or religion in generally uh, religion in general until uh, until I was an atheist, actually. So, um, so, so my, you my were
1: raised with some religion. What was that?
2: Yeah, I I tell that story, and of course people are interested in my philosophy of life as well, that that side of me that we were talking about earlier, uh, is in my book, Sense and Goodness Without God. Uh, So if you're interested in that, that would be the way to go, and I tell my whole background story in the first few chapters of that. Uh, But basically I, I was raised in a very liberal Methodist community. Um, there, there was no hellfire. Uh, there was no that kind of stuff. It was a very nice community. Bible stories were told as sort of uh, fables, like mm-hmm. the moral of the story was the important thing. It wasn't, mm-hmm. didn't matter if it was true or not, uh, that kind of thing. So uh, that was my original exposure to Christianity. It was actually a shock to me as I grew up and went to high school and so forth. I started encountering fundamentalists who I thought were mm-hmm. like, like that That was silly and weird. And then, of course, when I became an adult and was a full-on atheist, I started to run into how they were affecting the political Realities and, and, and actually hurting people's lives and things like that. so I, I, that was my mm-hmm. root awake, root awakening was a completely different uh, path for me. Interesting. Uh, but of course, when, when I got into interested in studying religion, it was partly from the philosophical side, uh, in order to establish what the truth is, I had to like examine religions and say, well, can I actually rule these out?" Uh, and then the other was I was interested in ancient history, just this Greco-Roman history in general. And because I was in the atheist movement, that made me a a person, to a go-to person to ask questions about this or that Christian apologist, you know, so-and-so said this, is that true? Uh, Can you read this document in the original Greek? Can you tell me what it really says? You know, that kind of, I got lots of questions like that. And that got me fascinated further and further. Like, the more I would examine and and look into these questions for people, I, I found things that were just, to me, fascinating and interesting in and of themselves. And then as a historian and an educator, I'm, I'm very big on dispelling lies and mistruths and miseducation and, and getting the truth out there, you know, getting people the ability to have easy access to what, what really happened, what do we really know, what do these documents really say, and so on. So when I see Christian apologists, and others distorting the truth of what actually, what really was going on in the ancient world and so on. That, that annoys me, and I see it sort of my mission uh, to, to benefit people by trying to dispel that, by showing them, well, that's not really what was going on, and here's why, and then I present the evidence and so on. So to me, that, that's how I got into studying the religion and how I got to where I am today on this subject.
0: Now um pedanticism essentially is uh, is the <laughs> the reason you just don't like people saying things aren't true. So um I, I guess yeah. <laughs> what I want to do here is I want to um you know for for the average person listening and You know, probably the average person, because, you know, whether you're a theist or or not a theist, the chances are you believe that Jesus existed. What, um, you know, what would you say to them is the most compelling uh, reason that, uh, you know, Jesus might not have actually walked the earth?
2: I'm sorry, say, say to whom? What, what group of people? Just
0: sort of the average individual out there. I mean, is there, is there this sort of a, a nugget that you can dis, uh, distill? Because yeah, you know. to, to sort of, when it comes to Paul, um, you know, and deciding yeah. that some of his books are true and some are not true, and, and the ones that are true are still written in sort of a strange way. So Paul may have been high on mushrooms or whatever, it, you know, the, yeah. the, the story is. And it's, it's hard to say, right? <laughs> you know, some guy 2,000 years ago wrote <laughs> some stuff down, and now right. we've got to yeah. believe that stuff.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, there, there isn't, because even if I were to give you, like, one nugget, uh, for, like, for example, I could point out that there was this Jewish scholar who was a contemporary of Paul by the name of Philo, and Philo was writing uh, books about Jewish theology, and he mentions there was this, this belief in a Jesus figure who was a cosmic being who was called the firstborn son of God. He lived in heaven he was one of the first things of create first things God created and it was he was the agent of creation this this Jesus figure hold on uh, just, just hold
0: it hold on to it for just one second here we'll be yeah. right back with uh, Richard Carrier 855-450-3733 free talk live if you've listened to free talk live for Any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer
4: that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to
0: $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried
4: Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win.
0: Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat.
4: If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com bradforsheriff.com.
0: This was paid for by Friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis Fiscal Agent. Free talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACOL toll-free call-in line, 855 450 You can call in with your questions for Richard Carrier. We have him on the line here, and we're talking about whether or not Jesus existed. But uh, first, real quick, uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of Freedom'sPhoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we all have with coercive governments. Freedom'sPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to Freedom'sPhoenix.com. Sign up for their free daily dispatch. I'm on it. So let's go back to Richard Carrier. And hey, by the way, it's Mark with you yeah. and Stephanie. Now, Richard, um, we were t- you were talking about uh, Philo, who's a contemporary of I forget, that's right uh, Paul. Yeah, go, go ahead.
2: Just yeah, just just quickly and briefly that that Philo gives us evidence that there was already a Jewish belief. This is before this would have been before uh, before there was a historical Jesus. This belief must have existed that there was already a firstborn son of God named Jesus who lived in heaven and, and who was the agent of creation and so on. Now, if you if you hear that, you realize, well, wait a minute, that's that's kind of a weird coincidence that there was this 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 cosmic Jesus, firstborn son of God, and then now we're looking at like historical stories of this firstborn son of God named Jesus and so on. Uh, so I, I could bring that out as one of the the evidences that we have that maybe the gospels are kind of these sort of uh, euhemerizing myths. Now, a euhemerizing myth is a myth where you take a cosmic god and put him into uh, put him on earth and, and make a historical story about him. And we have lots of examples like. um Osiris, for example, is one of these gods. Right. Zeus, you mentioned earlier. Uh, they even euhemorized Zeus, and that's where the word euhemorize comes from. It comes from the, the writer Euhemerus, who wrote the story. He wrote this thing called the Sacred Scripture, which just said, well, you know, Zeus and Uranus were actual kings on Earth, and then they ascended to heaven and so on. So they, so they were actually put on Earth and given biographies and so on, even Zeus, right? Um, so if you heard that there was this cosmic Jesus that, that predated Christianity, uh, you might think, well, uh, maybe there's a case to be made that that the Gospels are also doing the same thing that are you hammering Jesus, putting him on earth um, now, I could tell you that but then, of course, uh, you could say, oh, that's amazing and then you go talk to another scholar who defends historicity and they'll bring up a lot of variety of arguments and say, well, these are the reasons why that wouldn't be a conclusive argument or, you know, they can argue against it um, and, so, and so that wouldn't be a convincing thing because then you have to have the whole complete debate, you have to present all the evidence and say, where did Philo say these things and so on uh, and that's just one piece of evidence. So each each particular item has the same thing. If I were to say, like, for example, Paul's letters lack mention of a historical Jesus, and you were mentioning some examples where we could kind of debate that, depending on what, what we take the passages in it to mean. Um, so it becomes a complicated debate, and so it, it needs a, a more thorough treatment. I don't think there's something you can just talk to someone on the street and convince them uh, well, and nor should they be convinced by, by any single point that you might make. I
0: think lay people tend to be uh, convinced by more simple arguments. And one for me uh, early on was is that you know there is no Jesus. Uh, there's a guy named Yaheshua was the the claim. And mm-hmm. so you know here you have a trans a document that's a translation of a translation that is a uh, the unerring word of God with every dot and tittle is correct. That has the protagonist's name wrong. Um, you know, for <laughs> me, I found this to be very important. Now I, that may not be convinced. <laughs> to anybody else, right, but let's not right. forget that if I choose not to believe this, that if I, if God, you know, if I don't believe it, that a uh, fair and just God will send me to eternal damnation, which is the worst kind of torture a child that he loves, simply because he yeah. couldn't get the the, the the protagonist right in his story. Um, so, yeah, you know, yeah. for and me, that that's, that's that. the kind of thing yeah. that, uh, you know, that I find very difficult. Uh, let's, let's go real quick here to take Justin uh, on the line here. Justin, uh, you're on with uh, Richard Carrier.
5: Hi, um, I just wanted to comment um, about the subject. Um, I'm a devout Catholic, and um, I totally disagree with uh, their argument.
0: No, no, you're talking right, too, Richard.
5: Yeah, I I totally disagree with uh, your approach and your your whole attitude about Christ.
1: So why do you disagree, Justin?
5: Well, it seems like he's on some kind of crusade to... um, Debunk someone's personal faith. And I don't think that's cool, you know?
1: So you feel okay. upset? I
5: mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the whole idea about free will is to say, I can choose to believe in God or I choose not to, but I don't think it's our place to tell someone they can't believe in God. Like, well, no, nobody's, still, nobody's saying that, Justin. No, I don't think they are. I think
0: that what's hmm. important, it, an important attribute to free will, and I've heard this before, an important attribute is truth. You can't make a decision without knowing the truth, and we need to parse what the truth is. Wouldn't you agree? Amen.
5: The truth is um, one's perception, first of all, how do we perceive the truth?
1: All Um, the answers are in the Bible, Mark.
5: But also, um, um, for me, it's a matter of faith. You know,
0: you know. I, you know, I don't know what to say about faith, but I I do find it uh, difficult to, uh, you know, and I I would let uh, Richard defend this, but Richard really is yeah, a, a historian, yeah. right? Um,
1: and you know, he he wants to defend well, it. Uh, I do appreciate the call, Justin. By the way, um, you, you know, know, I was just about to bring up the the faith question because I have I'm skeptical that people in general, would be convinced, no matter how good of evidence Uh and reason uh, Richard lays out. You know, they'll always just say, well, I have my faith. And some things you just you can't really analyze that deeply, I I believe.
0: Uh, Richard, I mean, it's obvious you just hate Christians.
2: (laughs) Uh, No, no, there are many Christians that I get along with fine. Um, But I do have a problem with certain fundamentalist Christians, right wing Christians and so forth. I do think religion can be a corrupting influence on society. I do think it causes a lot of problems. Uh, but to me, the most important thing is to just make sure we have the right worldview. I mean, if, if the, um, you know, you could say the same thing if, if Christians are arguing against Islam being the one true religion, which they're doing. Uh, it can be okay for Muslims to argue the same for Christians, and so they have to, you have to have that debate and figure out, well, okay, so which one of them is right? Right. Right. And I mean, anybody, space, who religion, anybody who has a religion,
0: anybody who has a religion is an two. atheist yeah. for all the other religions, right? That's
2: right, right. And there's more than just two. It's not just Muslims versus Christians. Every uh, religion
1: is saying that about every and, other religion, yeah.
2: That's right. And, and then I'm, I'm in that market as well. I've got my own—I think I've figured out what the, world, the most likely worldview is compared to all the others, and so I'm making my case. And the ideal of a free country is that you can believe whatever you want, right? You're free to believe what you want. But you should be—you should have respect for evidence. You should base your beliefs on, on reason, on what's the most rational conclusion to draw from the evidence that actually exists. So what the truth is is very important, and to me it's very important. And so that's, you know, most of my life is devoted to trying to get the truth out there, trying to debate the truth, trying to discover the truth, discuss what it is with various faith traditions and so forth.
0: Right, I mean, this so is your life's that, work, your PhD in yeah. this. Now, uh, before, yeah. we, before we go, I really want to answer this particular question. Paul met Peter, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. You mentioned okay. that before, right? Um, yeah, in, in Galatians, this is mentioned in Galatians 1. Uh, there's, there's a lot of interesting things in there. But one of the, the thing you're referring to is he, he mentions that he did meet Peter, who is the first apostle, according to Paul, in another passage. But Paul never calls him a disciple. Paul never mentions disciples. There's no, there's no concept of a disciple in Paul. There are only, There are only apostles. And apostles, in Paul's definition, are people who've had revelations of Jesus. And in Galatians 1, he even talks about how he was made an apostle that way. Yeah. And so when he talks about meeting Peter, what we don't know is, does he mean uh, Peter who actually met and knew Jesus, or does he mean an apostle who had a revelation of Jesus the same way Paul did? What's more uh, challenging and interesting in that passage is not the reference to Peter, which could be explained in a way, but in that same passage in the same thing, he says, well, then I also met uh, James, the brother of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so then question is, well, okay, so if there's a brother, then he must have actually existed. The problem with that is it doesn't say James, the brother of Jesus. It says James, the brother of the Lord. And in Christian theology, even Paul says in his time that that Jesus was adopted by God and became the Son of God. He was the firstborn among many brethren. That's Romans 8, verse 29. And and there's many other references in Paul to when you become baptized, you are being adopted as the Son of God, and therefore we're all brothers. That's for the Christian concept of the We're not born
0: as sons of God? Go ahead. No, Go ahead. Go you, ahead.
2: Go yeah. ahead. Continue your line of
0: thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> this,
2: is this is Paul's theology. What what current Christian sects believe is a whole other matter. But uh, this is what Paul argues, and in, in Paul's argument, when you become baptized, you become adopted as the son of God, and and that's how all Christians are brothers, and that's why they call each other brothers. But you know, that means all Christians are brothers of the Lord, right? Because Jesus is also the son of God. We're all sons of the God, and you know, Paul says Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. So we're all brothers of the Lord. So brother of the Lord was an early, would have been an early uh, name for Christian. Or it could have been a special title, like you you could gain this particular rank that would earn you that title and so on. There's a lot of mystery religions that have similar kinds of ranks. So the question is, do, when he said James the brother of the Lord, does he mean the biological brother of the Lord, or does he mean the adopted brother of the Lord? And that that's that's the challenge. And you can't answer that question from just that passage alone. You have to go out and look at all the remaining evidence and say, what is the best explanation of all the evidence there is? Uh, and and that's, that's that's a long, complicated process, and that's my next book, which will come out next year uh, on the historicity of Jesus Christ. We'll examine all of
0: that evidence. I want to talk about if, – if it's possible, Richard, I don't want to take up your evening. I, I told you an hour, but I have more questions. <laughs> so uh, if I can hold you through um, the, the top of the hour um, here, that would be really great. I've got a couple okay. more questions, and I want to talk about the books that are coming out. It's Richard Carrier. Um, he is the the author of uh, several books here, a couple books on uh, whether or not Jesus existed, and I think it's very it's very interesting. Believe it or not, I mean, you know, Jesus could have existed, could have not, but I think that you know he's making an interesting uh, a case. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Call us if Live. you
1: think this is heresy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I suppose, uh, you know, any question you have, eight five five four five.
6: Talk
0: Live, 855-453. That's the sacral toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. And we're still talking to Richard Carrier, who is uh, uh, the author of, uh, well, a couple of books here on the idea that Jesus never existed. Not that he's not Savior, But that he was a sort of a more cosmic god like so many gods were at the time, you know, existing in heaven or outer space or wherever. And it's it's very interesting. I don't know that I'm entirely convinced, but, you know, I haven't spent my life's work doing it like Richard has. Let's uh, bring Richard back in line. Richard, you there? Yeah, I am. Uh, Excellent. So, um, you know, this is uh, is Mark. And Stephanie. And you're listening to Free Talk Live. And if you've got any questions real quick for Richard Carey, you can call us at 855-450-3733. The live
1: Sunday edition, of course. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Richard, okay, I am struck by some of the things that you're saying. And now I'm, believe me, I'm not very deep into this. I tend to think it doesn't really matter too much, because I'm already, you know, I already have my own views on things. I'm an atheist, and it doesn't make too much difference to me whether Jesus existed in a, in a, as an actual person or as just a figment or, you know, a, a cosmic idea or whatever. But I'm kind of struck by some of the things that you were saying and how much they like the third heaven and stuff and how much it just smacks of like aliens. And, uh, like, <laughs> there are lots of people who talk about ancient aliens. And like, there are some Christian paintings that are really weird that have like rocket ships in them basically, and it looks like people are driving them. And I've seen a couple of these before. I haven't gotten too deep into the rabbit hole on this, and I think that's probably a good thing. But like, do people ask you about that, or can you relate those in any way? Ancient aliens, basically.
2: Yeah, well, yes, on an the ancient aliens, but I've yet to have someone connect that to the Jesus story. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm, which I'm surprised uh, actually that, that you think that would be an obvious one. Uh, but, no, I used to be, for long ago, I, I wrote, a, as a journalist, I wrote an article for the Skeptical Enquirer on a Fox News special about aliens building the pyramids, mm-hmm. pyramids uh, the Great Pyramids of Giza. And ever since then, it's died off a little bit recently, but uh, ever since then, for, for many years, I got, you know, emails from from these people who, who advocate some alien theory or other the uh, design of the building or the pyramids. And they, you know, want to send me their thousand-page dissertation or whatever on it.
1: I'm sorry oh, yes, to hear I, that. I
2: have, yeah, I, I have run into that, so I'm, I'm familiar I,
0: with it. You know, I'm I'm interested in. I've always. Uh, I didn't mean to 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 pull, pull this entirely off track, but I'm very interested in this idea that aliens <laughs> uh, somehow did this stuff.
1: Because, so it, Richard, do you believe that that aliens did build the pyramids of Giza? Or please say
2: uh-huh, that, you obviously do. not. No. Please, I mean, Richard. If, if aliens, if aliens built built something it would be something more like it would be way more awesome than a pyramid i mean pyramids
1: <laughs> don't people say yeah. it was a landing platform and there's like yeah. a hole on the side of the pyramid that's a that funny way to land for you to go out of it yeah
2: yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's why make it out of local stone? That's just a bunch of blocks of stone. I mean, when when you could when you I mean, look at the technology we have today; it's way better than that. Uh, and and you would have the, not just the technology of the structures, but the the materials technology. I mean, we can make materials Some now. Some
0: people wouldn't there know. Was it was Well, now now they love to talk about the yeah. neph- nephilim, which is this uh, this breed of giants right. that was killed off by uh, God's flood. And this was really the reason that God had to flood the earth, is because uh, the, right. the, the the angels had gotten and bred with the humans and created giants or something bizarre like this. <laughs>
2: That with aliens, yeah, that is actually the the angels coming down and, and interbreeding with human women is actually that was pre Christian Jewish mythology. Yep. That was actually that was something they actually believed. And, now, and uh, but, but, yeah, but real quick, so humans.
0: Humans have 99% of their DNA that's shared with chimpanzees and, like, 90% that's shared with, like, protozoans. I mean, you know, the, the DNA chain is, 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 you know, very comparable with all the animals on the planet.
2: Uh, well, yeah, we're, we're so similar to Neanderthals that we now know that we were intermating with them, that we're actually having mm-hmm. babies, there. You know.
0: So, There's an interesting um, theory, by the way, yeah. is that uh, that music is uh, very human, that it's it's part of a it's sort of an accidental human mm-hmm. uh, attribute, and that people who don't have rhythm, like myself, might be more <laughs> a Neanderthal or more other <laughs> uh, 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 other beast, whatever that might be. I already know you're a Neanderthal, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Club you in a second, sweetheart. <sighs> So, Richard, um, <laughs> tell us about these books. Uh, we, you know, we, I brought you okay. on to, to tell us all about how Jesus uh, didn't exist and that kind of thing. I haven't let you even talk yeah. about these books. Which ones? I know you're, you've got many books. I've been to your website, and uh, you know, tell us about the ones that are coming out about uh, Jesus. Uh, you have one that's out that says Jesus doesn't exist, and one that's right. coming out that's more comprehensive, right?
2: Right. And I have some other stuff out that's relevant. Um, but
1: if you, for anyone who's interested in this, uh,
2: you can go to www.richardcarrier.info. That's I-N-F-O. Uh, and and that's Carrier, visible. like
1: a Carrier pigeon, right? Just like, like the word, yeah. Okay.
2: Richard Carrier, all one word for the for the website. Um, yeah, just, just like the dictionary word. And there there's a link for Jesus Studies, and you can look at what books I have and, and things like that and other writings. Um, but relevant to this is that the book that just came out, which is Proving History, Bayes' Theorem, and the Quest for the Historical Jesus, uh, basically takes the first step in this argument, which is asking, do we even have a valid method, in Jesus' studies. And and the conclusion is no. And it wasn't just my conclusion. There have been many mainstream scholars who've come to the same conclusion, and I, I quote them and talk about them in the book. And and I show why the methods don't work and why they, they fail to establish the things that they claim for them. And then the rest of the book is explaining, well, what method should we use then, and so on. And so I, I build this basically idea of what's a sound historical method, what are the logic logical principles behind it, and so on. And at the same time, I have a chapter and, and, and other material dealing with all the claims that we we think we can prove about the historical Jesus and why we really can't with the methods that we have, and and so I I, that, I cover all that. And so it basically shows by the end of the book we need to look at the evidence again with a new method. Uh, so, so okay, then that, that next that next book will be on the historicity of Jesus Christ, which will be out next year.
1: Now okay. I have uh, one last question. Go right ahead. Okay, it's sort of a big picture question, I guess you could say. Richard, are you just writing about this because it's interesting or do you actually hope to convince people with like reason and evidence that, yeah, maybe Mm. this is probably true that Jesus didn't exist? Like, because I mean, to me, it seems unlikely that people are going to be convinced by that because this is such an emotionally based issue. Like, I don't think the reason that they believe in religion or Jesus Mm -hmm. in the first place is a logical one. So why would logic convince them that he didn't exist? You know?
2: Yeah, well, of course. If you think in the long term, like a hundred years from now, uh, anything can happen. But my, my aim isn't really I'm not so much concerned with convincing people who are not interested in scholarly arguments. But the same people who who already reject the mainstream historical Jesus arguments of, of mainstream scholars. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my interest is to present the argument in a way which it hasn't been done yet, really, uh, in in a way that's that's acceptable to the peer review standards of my fellows in my field and of, of fellow biblical scholars of, of historians and so on. Uh, so that I can at least hopefully persuade some of them to see the merit in the argument, uh, and so that it will become a bigger conversation among the, the experts in the field, so we'll actually talk about this, the competing theories of, of the historical Jesus versus the mythical Jesus. Um, gotcha. and, and I want to I want to create that new dialogue in in the, the scholarly community, and I want to make it I want to bring it up to a really serious scholarly level where we're talking about, about the evidence on, on a high level. Uh, but at the same time, I am writing for a popular audience uh, because I want to. I want, I want people who who can really grasp these things and really interest, are really interested in them to also have access uh, to this kind of debate. And this is something that I believe in as an educator in general. I think, like, all science and all history should be written as much as possible in a way that, that any college-educated person can go in, or even, even a really, you know, a smart, well-educated, non-college-educated person, who wants to uh, explore these things can have access to them rather than rather than cutting them off from it with with jargon and, and, and technical uh, stuff that, that yeah, it, it can impossible. be
1: hard to understand so, those things, even if you're an educated right. person, but just in a different field. Yeah. Like I Absolutely. almost have a PhD and it's hard for me to understand like other fields. Oh, yeah. of I mean, science or... That's the intention. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> now, and I don't like that. I think, I think we should write as much as possible for both audiences simultaneously so that, so that any person who, who wants to put in the effort can, can understand it. And, and because there's a lot of people who do, want to understand and do want access to this information. And I think they're being shut out by the kind of the, the elitist way that scholars conduct themselves and the way they write materials.
0: Richard Carrier, thank you for coming on the show and, uh, you know, telling us about your ideas, uh, you know, the idea that uh, Jesus may not have existed. If uh, folks want to find your work, uh, really appreciate you coming on. If folks want to find your work, it's richardcarrier.info. Is that correct? That's right. And by the way, it's a lovely website. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, somebody spent a lot Very of time cool. on that. <laughs> RichardCarrier.info. Richard, thank you so much for being on the show.
2: I appreciate it. Thanks.
0: And, uh, you know, you can get uh, – if, if you didn't get that interview in its entirety, you can go to freetalklive.com. It will be available at all about 11 p.m. Eastern time this evening. And you can get that and every other episode from now back to 2006 – freetalklive.com and it's mark and stephanie 855-450-3733 free talk live
3: are you looking for camping hunting or shooting gear
0: Talk Live 855-450-3733. You can call in about anything now. Anything <laughs> on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. I do thank uh, Richard Carrier for coming on. We don't normally do interviews, uh, but you know, I thought he had something interesting to say. I mean, it's uh, Jesus is such a foundational figure in Western culture that the idea that he might not have existed is pretty radical, and I wanted to hear what he had to say on it. So, uh, glad I did. 855 450 3733. It is Mark with you. And Stephanie. And you can call in and talk about anything you want. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live, generally. And if you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, manventureoutpost.com's got the name brands at the lowest prices. They've got knives. Ammunition. Everybody's looking for ammunition right now. Scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They'll get it to you fast. They get it to you at the best price. They're family owned. Members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. And with coupon code FTL. FTL is in Free Talk Live. You can get 5% off your order at manventureoutpost.com. That'll cover shipping. It's manventureoutpost.com. Coupon code FTL. Let's go to the phones here. Um, Adam and Fargo. Adam, you're on Free Talk Live.
7: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. I actually, actually heard something that I thought is definitely worth bringing up that Richard had mentioned when he was talking about how he tries to write in in a way that he's not using so much high-level jargon that most college-educated people can understand it. And that's the uh, the thing that I really was gripped by at the end of my undergrad degree, where I like got an undergraduate degree in philosophy, which uses a lot of jargon, a mm-hmm. lot of complicated yep. words, and even makes up its own words.
1: Really? And okay. <laughs> all fields do. Well,
7: so, yeah. so, I, I agree. All fields do, but it's the idea that it makes a lot of the more complicated topics very inaccessible. And for me, right after college, I couldn't get a job anywhere, so I was working in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And. I don't. I don't want to put down restaurant employees, but a lot of them didn't have higher aspirations, and a lot of them weren't very well educated. So, for me to try to talk about the stuff that I was reading about and found really interesting was hard. Yeah. So, what I did is I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how I could explain these ideas to people in simpler terms.
5: Mm-hmm.
7: And what I started realizing is that some of these, some of these fields like. Philosophy uh, neuroscience, anything that needs i don 't know at, at least a cursory understanding of something is they're, they're going to die if there's not some way for average Joes or genes that have a just a basic curiosity to get into them.
1: I agree and, with you, I think historically all those fields that were kind of more i guess intellectual. Um, people wanted to keep others out. It was only like a select few who were sort of allowed to be in those. And maybe that was protectionism or elitism. I don't really know. But now I think they're in trouble because these things don't have much, you know, practical. They've gotten so jargonized and so specialized. They don't really have much practical appeal. And so I think maybe their last hope is to have more people understand what the heck they're talking about. Right. Yeah,
7: Exactly. And, and for me, I ended up getting away from even discussing the topic, but rather discussing the the validity of, of the topic and convincing mm-hmm. people that, yes, in fact, this is worth your time. And uh, one of the places that I ended up spending the most time was on morality because, well, I, I don't remember how it got up, but anyway...
1: Well, yeah, morality is extremely practical. I, yeah, mean, I mean, it's, it's ethics. It's something I wish that we'd spend more time on the decisions that you make all the time. It really affects how you live your life. But only academia could take something so interesting and so applicable to everyone's life and make it into a drawl, boring, jargonized thing that nobody wants to care about.
7: <laughs> well, I I agree. It 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 has to some degree been turned into something pretty boring, and one of the things that I tried to illustrate is I said, well, think of it this way, Joe or Jane. When you make a a bad ethical decision, who hurts? Your mom, you, your neighbors, your siblings. When the people that are in charge make bad ethical decisions, who hurts? People die. By the hundreds, by the thousands, people lose their, their fortunes. People never get a chance to get anything above poverty. People starve morality is important and that's why we need to talk about it and and you know we, we went around and around but it's the idea that convincing someone that this topic is worth their time even if they don't understand much about it and that's that's my approach it's, it's great that someone understands that accessibility is is absolutely necessary
0: adam thank you for the call Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You know, language has been used all along in order to essentially enslave, uh, to keep people ignorant. And I think that, uh, you know, it's... Oh, to
1: keep them out. Yeah, yep. it wasn't... It was a huge deal when people were actually able to read the Bible, right? Because right. they didn't have to Gutenberg Press rely on priests to interpret it for them. And, you know, the same thing with the two biggest professions, I think, that still are keeping people out, law and medicine, you know, where they use Latin to confuse and uh, uh, obfuscate the... Masses, right? That that can't understand what they're saying. I mean, medicine, I think, is getting better slowly, but. Historically, really like all this. Well, there's vocabulary. competition in
0: medicine. You can go to chiropractors or you know naturopaths and these other people. Oh, the what,
1: AMA would love to limit that,
0: right? But, but, <laughs> as much as possible. And, and speaking as a uh, med student yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you uh, you know have some understanding. But you know there's there's competition, whether you consider it good competition or bad competition. It doesn't change that people are out there competing for that medicine dollar, and therefore medicine has to become more accessible. Whereas law, there's no one out there competing for that law dollar you all have to compete in the same arena there is uh, you know that's it's the legal system and the legal system is the legal system and you don't have any other I options know. To people,
1: it. people can represent themselves or they can in new hampshire there is a little bit more like you can have a person of quote good character Right, act as your legal representative. There's a, a little bit of competition, but little not bit, much.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, there's competition in the sense that it's that everybody's competing within the legal system, but there's not a competitive legal system. If I if I don't want the AMA's kind of medicine, there's competition that will provide me all kinds there, of different stuff.
1: That- yeah, I mean, there is some, but it's in many ways not that meaningful. I mean, all of those professions pretty much are still licensed, you know. They they still have very high barriers to entry to get into those fields, you know. They require a ton of schooling and a lot of investment, uh, even within those professions themselves. Well, I think people
0: want their doctors to be well-schooled. And <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Oh, um, yeah, of course. But also, like, the amount of schooling can be overkill in some instances, you know, like, in order to... I guess maybe perform certain types of first aid or like do certain things. Many nurses, you do not need ten years of medical school and everything else. You know, I mean, a lot of hospitals are doing that. Cost.
0: A lot of hospitals are having physicians' assistants and uh, nurses perform. But
1: historically, the AMA has universally opposed everything. Like, if a physician can do it, they have opposed anyone else being allowed by law to do that. That's how
0: unions work.
1: Yeah, you know, okay. that's what it is. I don't
0: want anybody but a longshoreman moving Ever this since crate.
1: Early 1900s when they tried, you know, used the state to regulate other types of doctors out of business. They've been doing it.
0: 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Your opinion on this or anything else?
6: Free Talk Live, 855 453.
0: That is the SACL toll free call in line here on the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. 855 450 3733. Speaking of SACL CAI. They're, they're a company that handles accounts receivable. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. The One of the principals over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of antiwar.com. They're having their quarterly pledge drive. And if you want to support the best in anti-intervention news and views, you go to antiwar.com slash donate. And it really is the kind of website where you can't find this kind of news anywhere else yeah, on the internet. They are um, fantastic. You know, they, they are a singular news organization, antiwar.com slash donate. Let's go to Davis calling in on XM Davis. You're on free talk live. What's on your mind?
9: Oh, yes, sir. Can you hear me properly? I, I gotcha. Okay. I'm on a Bluetooth. I'm on the cell phone. I drive a truck.
0: Hey, uh, thanks for your service.
9: Heard... <laughs> yes, sir. I, uh, I heard your guest earlier, and uh, there have been deniers of the existence of Christ or Jesus from uh, from his time. They were called Gnostics. Right. They, they believed in a spiritual Jesus, but not in the flesh. Right. But, yeah, You know, and I think that's uh, that's one of the, the reasons the Council of Nicaea was uh, convened to, to decide that, whether Christ or Jesus was a real person or not, and they decided
0: that he was real and you know i always wonder about sort of the the democratic um you know i mean the the, the democratic method brought us barack obama uh george bush bill clinton and his dad uh you know, herbert walker bush um i mean you know is it a good system
9: at that time sure they were people weren't they just like we're people they were i mean you know you know how the catholic church is today right
0: I I guess I mean I, I I've only uh, been to a Catholic church a couple of times.
9: Well, what I'm saying is they're people, and that that is the flaw in in everybody's suit is they're dealing with people. Now, when you're dealing with God, uh, there is no flaw. It's free will, totally. I mean, you 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 talk about liberty and free will, and that's what that's what Jesus came for to give us total liberty and total free will. He did away with all sin. That's when he died on the cross. He gave us a choice to believe or die. But it's totally up to us. There's no force at all. And see, that that's where, when I look at trees and the storm, I see a reason there.
0: I oh, see same here. Davis, I, I do. I, I see God. I, I see God in nature. i I, I do. Now, Stephanie, you don't. No. <laughs> but don't. when I look out there, I see God. But that doesn't mean that God is Jesus. That is not a, um, you know, there, there's no logical step from one to the other. And, uh, you know, secondly, for me, what the problem is, is that, you know, Jesus wandered around on earth for 33 years, so we're told, Uh and um, he didn't bother writing anything down. I mean, you'd think that he would have made some sort of, uh, you know, I can't have free will without having facts. And, you know, there's no facts for me really to have. There's some people saying some stuff. Like you said, the Council of Nicaea voted on whether or not Jesus existed or didn't.
9: Well, you— you take free will and you make judgments all the time in everything you do all day long. Sure. It's your preference, right? Because you have the free will, you have the opportunity to choose. That's that's what it's all about. That's 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 the
0: whole thing. That's but I can't choose, uh, Davis. Yeah. I, I can't choose without facts. I mean, if, if God wanted me to know that Jesus Christ was, uh, you know, his son and came to earth in order to save me and that if I didn't believe on him, I would uh, have a fiery, uh, eternal torture. Um, you know, I mean, this is this is a guy that loves me, by the way. Uh, you know, <laughs> like he should have made it abundantly clear. Now, when my son does something I don't want him to do, I warn him. I hold his hand. I look into his eye. I tell him the, the, what what's going to happen. There's going to be a punishment. But I mean, you know, my punishments don't even come close to to eternal torment.
1: I have a quote that I'd like to insert here. Um, I don't know where it comes from, but it was just sent to me by one of our producers. An all-knowing God knows the evidence I need to be convinced of his existence, An all-powerful God is able to provide that that evidence, and all-loving God would want to. It does,
9: constantly, whether you want to say it or not. Whether you're so pride it's
0: so if,
1: if I'm not Whether who doesn't not want to believe
0: Davis see. who doesn't who doesn't want to live forever in joy and bliss who doesn't want to believe the truth the
9: people who are deceived
0: People – look, if I'm deceived and I don't believe that Jesus was any more – I I believe he probably was a man. If Maybe he walked on earth. I pr- believe he probably did, and I don't believe he was much different. I believe he's as much a son of God as I am, and I believe myself to be a son of God. So therefore I'll call him a son of God, but he's no different than I am. So, I, am, am I deluded? I don't want to believe this. It's Satan tricking you, Mark. Davis, I'm begging God. I'm on my knees begging God, please show me that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Please. Well, he has. I don't believe he has. He
9: threw him up on that cross for you, he, only for you.
0: What evidence do you have that cross existed, Davis? Uh, it's uh, called faith. It's not evidence. That's
1: not evidence. The <laughs> definition of faith is belief without evidence. You know
9: what? I'm just a dumb old truck driver, but I know people who have the evidence that'll refute your scholar. I mean, they've shown it to me. So
0: well, I don't believe the scholar if, that if, I had if, on, Davis. I don't necessarily even John,
9: believe them. They they talk about it, it not being a fable that they knew him personally.
0: I'm sorry. Who knew? Uh, who who knew what John. personally?
9: In, in the, the book of John, he talks about knowing him
0: personally. You know, right? Yeah, it, that, that much is true. It's difficult to know who wrote these uh, books. They were written somewhere between forty years and a hundred and forty years after Jesus's death. I well, mean, if you can imagine somebody writing, there. if you can imagine somebody writing multiple times, today okay. about Elvis's death, um, you might have some kind of inkling as to what it, it would have been like.
9: Well, you can always frown on stuff like that and be negative. And not want to believe.
0: Well, do you understand? Okay, I made a I made a, um, an important point during the interview that for me is motivating. Jesus's name isn't Jesus; it's Yaheshua. I
9: know it's just Joshua. Yeah. But, uh, see, and... I asked that about. I've uh, done the same thing. I was listening to you. I, now I guess probably about four months ago, and heard heard you say the same thing. And uh, I asked this guy at church. He is he was a pastor, and he he's a smart dude. They said it. That's right. It's just it's the anglicized Joshua. You know there was a bunch of Josh. Uh, Joshua was at that time, and uh, they took it and made the name Jesus, just so he would stand out.
0: I I just find that, you know, if I'm supposed to believe on his name and be saved and I'm believing on a name that isn't his name, that to me there's a logical break there. And now it, it doesn't have to be that way for you, Davis. I like your faith for you. That's fine by me. Uh, I'm not here to try to convert you. But, you know, for me, oh. what my concern is, is that God will send me to hell when I won't believe on the name of a guy whose name isn't the name that I was told that his name was
9: uh god won't send you any place you don't deserve to go
0: all right well i guess i deserve to go
9: well hey let me tell you one thing you don't know what i've been through in my life and i don't know what you've been through and it's all it's all personal it's all up to you you make your own decision always don't let anybody force you into anything
1: appreciate
0: that yes sir thank you davis (laughs) 855-450-3733. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Your calls are welcome on the subject. Let's go quick here to David. David, you're on free hey, talk live. Hey, yo,
10: how are you guys tonight? Hey, Dave. Good listening to you David.
0: guys. Great <laughs> show tonight. Long and, live uh, free you. talk.
1: Kenny Bus. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's a
10: gift from the Creator, man, made for the human beings, and lot
1: it'll of feed you, clothe you, and house you. Huh? It'll feed you, clothe you, and you, right?
10: That's right. Yeah. Medicine and fuel, too.
1: Oh, I forgot. But this. anyway,
10: uh, this thing, the, this is my take on all John and Jesus, John the Baptist.
0: Hold on, they, David, I want to hear the. It sounds like a conspiracy theory already. Uh, John and Jesus got together, and their plan was we'll take over the world. 855 450 3733, your thoughts on the matter. Free Talk Live, Live Sunday Edition. Mark. And Stephanie. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a sacral toll-free call-in-line, 855-450-3733. You can call in and talk about, well, we've been talking about the Jesus thing, and I guess we are unrepentant sinners, you and I, Stephanie.
1: (laughs) What if I don't acknowledge the concept of sin? Tough. (laughs) 855-450-3733. I refuse to see the light. (laughs) <laughs> Indeed. Uh,
0: tell you real quick, quick about bitcoins. Bitcoins are an internet currency. Um you can uh, send and receive money without paying any fees with bitcoins. Uh, they're you know peer to peer and open source.
1: Oh my, and they are so exciting. I'm yeah. really excited about bitcoins. C- no one can uh, That's the unrepentant unforgivable sin. If you're not if you don't know about bitcoins <laughs> Ye shall go to weusecoins.org. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and find Go out. and
0: learn. <laughs> um, it, you know, bitcoins are, it's impossible for anyone to inflate bitcoins. They, uh, you know, they have a mathematical inflation algorithm and will max out at 21 million bitcoins. It is impossible for anyone to mess with your account. So you can have a bank essentially traveling with you all through the, throughout the Internet. A global they, bank. Yeah. They have to break the Internet in order to mess with Bitcoins. And they are an amazing – they're the next step in currency. Things are always evolving in this world, and those little green pieces of paper you've got, they're old news. Um, <laughs> Bitcoins, they're the new news. You can go to weusecoins.org and find out about them. Let's go back to Dave in Montana. Dave, you had an idea that Jesus and John the Baptist were talking, and what would they say? <laughs>
10: Hey, uh, first I'd like to say God made only a few perfect people and he put hair on the rest of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bald joke, everybody. (laughs) But anyway, ever since time began, the medicine man and the chief, the priest and the king, the religions and the governments, they always get in cahoots and they trick the people into control and manipulation. And John the Baptist and Jesus was up against the same thing. Religion in cahoots with the empire, with the government.
0: Yep, that's so true. They
10: come up they come up with this idea we gotta get rid of this stupid sacrifice, they said. Yep. They said they they, they're ripping off the poor people, yep. they're telling them they can't use this money, they gotta use that money, they gotta use this money, then the priest tells them the goat ain't good enough, they gotta go back to the goat cellar and it get a the other coin, and mm-hmm. then do this and do that. They can that. pay, then, what is it, reparations like, not or getting ripped their off sins? no more The priests were the
1: medicine Indulgences. You know,
10: they were the guys, the doctors, much they take care of you, and they, they didn't have the answer, so you're a sinner. That's why you're sick. You know, so you got to give me two goats and then go to my brother-in-law over there and change your money, you know? So they were up against just what we are today. Really, you know, they're making us going to go buy the insurance and we're going to get the crap goat. But anyway, John the Baptist and Jesus come up against this corrupt religion and the corrupt government in cahoots and and they killed this peaceful guy that had a chance to start a war, and he didn't. He said, no, I'm not going to start the war. That's why I don't want to end it. And, and everybody loved them. And and they, it, the way, they called it the way. And they started living by taking care of one another, putting up each other in each other's houses. They were the Essenes. They were like, they take in people from anything. They didn't care if you was a prostitute. They didn't care if you was a bad guy. If you... you forgive each other and and you'd come in my family we take care of one they they'll call that communism today but then this thing grew and grew and grew and and finally the roman empire was falling apart and constantine says hey man these guys got a good idea and he hijacked the damn religion man he didn't and that was the end of it jesus he, he turned it into the empire. The empire was going to die. He turned the empire into a religion. And then one day, if you was a Christian, you'd die. The next day, if you wasn't a Christian, you'd die. So they ripped it off. The word Christian wasn't invented to the Council of Nicaea. The real Jesus people is the way. And, and, and it's love. David? That's the message. It's very simple. Love one another forgive is a flower of love and that makes the seeds for peace
0: david Keep you are a common it. man's philosopher i really appreciate the the calls i mean he's, there's sometimes he really you know nails it and mm, i it. Yep, yeah, it's awesome let's go to jason uh call in on xm jason you're on free talk live what's on your mind
11: not trying to convert, just trying to get something to think about I mean the whole point of Jesus' name wasn 't Jesus, I mean, my kid calls me Dad, but my name is still Nathan, sure. or if you go by William and they call you Billy, you 're still William. it doesn't yep. change who you
0: are I got gotcha. you and, and, and I, I, absolutely this is the this is an easy explanation for what my concern is, which is that the Bible has the name of the its protagonist wrong, um, but that 's not really what my concern is. My concern isn 't how you would explain away the uh, my, my concern. It's that I have a concern and that God, because I have this concern, is willing to send me—I don't believe this for a second, by the way. This is just the story I've been told since I was yeah, little. Yeah, I understand is that uh, God is willing to send me to an eternity. We have no idea, but he is willing to punish me, uh, the child that he loves. Now, I love my child, and if he continued to touch something I don't want him to, because he does that once in a while, I wouldn't take a pair of uh, tin snips and snip his little fingers off. I would be a sick, psychopathic mofo if I did such a thing. But God will do something a million times worse if I refuse to believe because I just don't think the evidence is very good.
11: If your kid came to you for math homework and he said, I don't understand how this goes, if you say one plus one is two and he says, Why? You say it's just two I mean you're you're given the opportunity to learn and he's just not giving you the answer you want because you're not gonna learn if he just says every time you have an issue, what's forty seven times six? If he just says it's blah, you're not gonna learn how to do it, you're not gonna get to the path.
0: Well, that's I, I agree. With, I agree with you that you know. But I can show him. Look, here's one penny and another penny, and these we call this you know this amount of pennies here. We call this two. I can show him those things. Whereas when it comes with Christ- to Christianity, I have to believe a set of stories. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories out there with a lot of different religions. I mean, why is God? You know, essentially Judaism is evolved from Zoroastrianism. Christianity is evolved from Judaism. There's all kinds of different religions out there. Um, the Mohawk Indians believe the world is going is traveling around on the back of a giant. Turtle. If I refuse to not believe that the world is traveling around on the back of a giant turtle, then I'm going to go to hell. I mean, this is just—I don't think they have hell. <laughs> it's not facts; it's stories. Do you get the difference, Jason? Uh, I
11: do. I mean, I understand what you're saying. It's just the uh, discounting. So you're talking about like the before years, the previous two callers ago were saying, well, the books that talk about are written 40 years and lost in translation. You can't kind of have it both ways. The only proof that exists, you can't go, "Well, it's not really proof," because. It's been translated so many times, and its I mean, it's—it's it's
0: as circumstantial as you know anything you can prove today. Well, but but I mean, and it's got its—and it's got the name wrong. And you know, I mean, you're talking about the, the, there's some books that were written by people, maybe that were followers of. Um, even if it was Mark was written by Mark, let's just go ahead and say, and that was the first gospel, and the rest of the gospels were likely written from that gospel. And the people that really do study this, Jason, they say that. Because the people that you know many people yeah. will study the Bible, but they don't study the the stuff around the Bible, and you know, there's there's important things to be learned there, but you know the the Bible itself has all kinds of things wrong, not the least of which is uh Jesus' name, and if God wanted me to believe, he should have provided me with proof. don't you think well, well yes
11: and, and I am a Christian who believes that the bible is not is a flawed book in itself, it has been translated by man. I mean, Constantine decided to pick and choose what parts he wanted to go into what is now the modern Bible, and I understand that part, but I believe that the information we're given is the showing them how to do the homework. It's, it's getting you on the path to find the door instead of just uh, what I mean. What some people want, and from what I'm thinking you want, you just want to be show the door, door open, and salt.
0: Do you believe I go to hell if I don't believe the story? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you don't even, the book isn't even comprehensive for you and I go to hell if I don't believe it. Like, it, I, I believe, I believe there's errors in it. And I believe though, it's the,
11: it's like, if you tell your kid, hi, if you, if you touch the stove when this little red lights on, you're going to get burned.
0: And that's a reality. Anyway,
11: <laughs> yeah. But if he does it anyway, you're not a horrible dad. You told him the consequences. You said, look, here's the path. Here's Consequences of your actions. But dad didn't tell me. To do it or not.
0: But dad right. didn't tell me. He sent another two year old to tell me.
11: <laughs> I mean, I, I can see that analogy, but I can also see that. I mean, a priest is not a two year old. It's the it's yeah the he is. who knows a little more than you.
0: Well, how do you know that? I mean what evidence do I have that the priest has knows any of this look if god wanted me to believe the 10 commandments he could have dropped one from this he could have dropped them from the sky they would have been as tall as the highest skyscraper ever etched in stone i mean this thing would have been obvious right
11: but then there's no point in i mean it's like Freeman then god, i would no have free choice I
0: then i would yeah then, then i would have there, free there's choice there's because free i could, could look at the not monument not. and i could say well that's the truth i can choose not to believe the truth well, no,
11: because if, if God says hi, it's no longer a story. it been insane. That's
0: apologist bullcrap. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm too tired to talk to people who you think need, I'm going to you hell You need to tonight. believe lies in order to believe the <laughs> truth. Thanks. Free Talk Live.
3: Online Bitcoin poker at sealswithclubs.eu. That's right. Play poker online with Bitcoin, the digital cryptocurrency. Anonymous accounts, optional email, and no banking. Only Bitcoin deposits and withdrawals at sealswithclubs.eu. Great player rewards, free rolls, and other promotions. For more information, visit us online at sealswithclubs.eu. No seals are harmed in the making of this advertisement.
0: We talk live, 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. For those of you who don't have the little numbers on your or letters on your telephone. It's Mark with you. And Stephanie. You can give us a call, eight eight five five four five zero three seven three three, 450 3733 And that's because this is the live Sunday edition. We really are on live from 7p to 10p Eastern Time. You can talk to a bunch of heathens. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We have been having a lot of uh, religious conversations this evening. And, you know, it's interesting, very few people called in to talk to Richard. Carrier, when he was on the uh, the PhD and claiming that uh, Jesus didn't exist, I can't defend those positions. I haven't even read the book, and I don't necessarily believe them. Um, but... It know, doesn't even matter to me. I'm not going to believe it either way. I right. Mean. <laughs> Whether Jesus walked around... Because, I mean, there have been lots of religious leaders in the past. David Koresh comes to mind. You know, there was hundreds of people in the Texas desert or whatever, whatever's over there in Texas. I don't know. They were East Texas. I guess it wasn't desert. Um, you know, we're following right. this fella. Mm-hmm. And you know, he had multiple wives and all kinds of you could just tell them whatever they wanted and they'd believe it. eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Let 3733 however let's go to Jim in New Mexico. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, hello. Hi. What's uh, Yeah. What's on well, your mind? Well,
12: I was listening while I was outside working on a project. I didn't have the opportunity to call in at the time. No problem. Uh but yeah I was glad to hear that you guys were hanging over another hour because I tried to get in you know there at the very last of the previous hour and uh so anyway here we are here I am
0: Yes what's on your mind Jim
12: Well uh you were you had the guest on earlier who was I guess um questioning the existence of Jesus and uh you know people can always make those uh rationalizations and ask those questions and uh ultimately it is a faith issue um Unless you were there, you know. It's hard to uh, know, right? Yeah, unless you were there and actually seeing Jesus and uh, witnessing the miracles and uh, hearing the teachings that he was teaching. But, you know, I I wanted to introduce you to the Urantia book.
0: Urantia? Um,
12: Yeah, U-R-A-N-T-I-A, the Urantia book, which, you know, uh, at the time I was asking the same questions that you are. You know, how could a loving God send me to eternal hell? You know, just because uh, I don't have all the information in this lifetime. It just didn't seem uh, feasible or reasonable to me. It's, uh, you know, sadistic and ultimately...
1: That's how it uh, seems to me, yeah. Is this the book yeah. that was written by John Harvey Kellogg's brother? I'm sorry? Who's the author of this book?
12: Uh, I heard you mention something about Kellogg. Yeah. I think he was a member of the Contact Commission, but... Uh, Um, According to uh, the book itself, it's authored by 24, um, quote-unquote, spirit beings.
1: Yeah, aliens, right? I'm sorry? Aliens?
12: No, not aliens. Uh, They live in this universe. Spirit beings. They're they're perfectly at home in this universe. And, uh, uh, you know, the the universe...
1: aliens live in the universe, too. I'm sorry? Aliens aliens live live in in the universe. The universe
0: is very large.
12: Yeah, and that's what the Urantia Book talks about. You know, there were seven hundred thousand universes, each one of them was uh, uh, created and is being administered by a being of the same order that uh, Jesus was.
1: Okay. Okay. And well, I only live in this one universe. So is Jesus the administrator so... of this
0: uh, this this particular dimension? Let's call it.
1: Yeah,
12: he's he was the creator of our particular universe, and according to the Rancho book, it takes in the entire Milky Way galaxy plus some star clusters and uh, nebula that are associated with the Milky Way galaxy. And there's... Uh, it's supposed to be seven. What? No, no, hold on. I, I
0: need universes. to. I need to ask some questions here. Now, the Milky Way is a galaxy. The universe contains many galaxies. So, is, does G, Jesus just administers this particular galaxy, and then what? There's some nebula that outlying nebula that have sort of been annexed to the Milky Way um, a particular precinct. Well,
12: not, he doesn't even administer this particular galaxy. It's okay. only one one hundredth. Of this galaxy. Okay. It's so huge, you know, it's broken down into administrative uh, segments. Right. Uh, and the universe uh, is made up of uh, I think like 100,000 systems, and each of these systems consists of 1,000 inhabited planets, such as ours, evolutionary worlds, such as ours. So, Island you know, but, galaxies? But, but, I'm sorry?
1: Are these the island galaxies?
12: Uh, no, I didn't mention anything about that. You know, it's just, you know, there's hundreds hundreds of thousands, millions of galaxies further on out into the what they call the Master Universe.
1: Okay, I mean, I haven't read this book myself, but I'm hearing from uh, one of our producers that the book calls the Milan Galaxies, which, you know, that doesn't exist, so it's not really congruent with the scientific knowledge that we have.
12: Well, yeah, it actually is. Uh, there's a, a website called You Be the News, where a lot of uh, readers of the Arantia book have coordinated uh, science that has been in existence before and since the Urantia book was published that actually coincides with, uh, with what they're saying in the book as far as how the universes are structured.
0: Well, now when I the saw DNA. the the Hubble, when I saw the Hubble uh, pictures, they were they were showing these uh, galaxies that looked like stars. I mean, there were so many of them they looked like stars. And then each one of those has an administrator. Uh, each one of those has one hundred administrators. Did you say that uh, Jesus was a hundredth uh, rules a hundredth of the Milky Way galaxy? As I understand it, so you're t- really talking about what. I mean, trillions and trillions of administrators administrating all these uh, different galaxies. And then uh, when one takes into the multiverse theory that there are all these other dimensions that go beyond that, you're talking, I mean, uh, hundreds of trillions, I mean, just numbers, the mind-boggling numbers of administrators. what
1: what does this have to do with our lives? We only experience, you know, this...
12: Actually, the universes of time and space are evolutionary. Uh, At this point... According to the Rancho book, only seven galaxies, uh, what we call, super, what they call super universes, are inhabited right now, and it's a, a evolutionary process. And as these seven super universes evolve and become settled in what they call light and life, then uh, the beings that have evolved up through these first seven super universes, uh, they speculate that we will be assigned. As administrators, very much as Jesus is in this particular universe, that we will get assignments very similar to those in these evolving galaxies further now, out now there uh, the you said
0: that there universe. are a hundred did you say there are a thousand or a hundred inhabited worlds inside of jesus 's precinct? Um, that uh, he has to, his ward or whatever it is, uh, Ward, w- ward uh, 37 here in uh, the Milky Way Galaxy. By the way,
1: I have a bridge for sale. If anyone believes <laughs> Shh, this, please call hush. in.
0: I want to hear this uh, this particular story. <laughs> well, you
12: know, you have to read it for yourself in order for it to really... Uh, You're going you to have to spell
0: ratio for me because that just wasn't working for me.
12: Well, there's um, 10 million, you know, when, when our super universe is fully evolved and fully settled there would be 10 million inhabited planets similar to ours but so, they talk about different life forms too you know uh, there's they say that in our uh, particular solar system there are three planets that are habitable but not all of them are habitable by breathers such as uh, our such as we are okay uh, atmospheric types there's one they said that's very near to us that's inhabited by non breathers and they said that we would be fascinated to learn more about these non-breathers, and uh, supposedly that's what they're saying. There's three planets in our particular solar system that are habitable, and uh, they say that there's the planet that's in close proximity to us that's inhabited by the non-breathers. So
1: where did this? I guess the mouth breathers live around
0: here. <laughs> where did the book? Where did the this this book come from? Is this out of sort of an an uh, a, it's a, fascinating?
12: A, it is it fascinating is, you know, indeed. That's it. At a time when I was searching for answers to the Bible because I had so many questions, you know, how could God send me to eternal hell if He loves, if He's a God of love? And uh, does that you know, happen?
0: Uh, does hell happen? For, no, for the, no, Arantio no. People, yeah.
12: No, according to the Rancho book, you, know, you you're either with with God or you're against Him, and if you're against Him, then you just cease to exist. Uh, it's in, you know, you just become as if you never. That's what were. the
0: Seventh Day Adventists and the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses believe.
12: Yeah, but, you know, the uh, the Urantia book says that we'll be given every opportunity to know the truth and to make uh, um, an intelligent choice. You know, we'll know what we're doing before we make that choice. Jim, thank you for the call.
0: 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live. It looks like it's going to be a religious show. (laughs) 855-450-FREE. Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Proof. Last segment. Proof. You can call in and talk about anything. This Arantia oh, yes. stuff is very interesting, and I think I'm going to read up a little bit more about it. Um, but
1: That yeah. guy is really glad that you're going to read about it, Mark. Yep. He wants well, you to read that book. I'm not going to believe it,
0: but I am going to read it. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Let's go written to written by aliens. How could you not? Kent, <laughs> Kent in uh, West Michigan. Kent, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind?
13: Hey, how's it going? First time calling, and thanks for getting me on so quick. Welcome. You know, uh, Ron Paul's been shut out not only by you know the RNC, but he's been shut out by like these top three radio hosts. And you know, you mentioned Fox News. And primarily, it's, you know, the phony from Long Island, the they can serve, that constantly repeats, you know, great American. Uh, well and, you can and, say
0: anybody's and, name you want to say here. I don't care.
13: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Sean Hannity, you know, the, the big shill for the RNC. And then and then the lawyer, you know, the—sounds like Groucho, Mark Levin. He's <laughs> the biggest enemy of, uh, of Ron Paul. He constantly throws these darts and trashes Ron Paul in such a bad way. And unfortunately— all these people—they call themselves conservative. They listen to this Rush Limbaugh and embarrassment Sean Hannity and a, another, you know, embarrassment. Who Sean Hannity has a case of, you know, supporting like people like Rudy Giuliani.
1: You know, you I don't know? know. Is it is it Keith?
14: No,
0: it's Ken.
1: It oh isn't. Ken. I'm sorry, Ken. I don't know if you. Um are aware, but Free Talk Live is a seven-night-a-week show. And actually, last night, I believe, on the Saturday show, they talked a lot about what was going on with the RNC. Yeah, and the blocking out of Ron Paul. Delegates and stuff.
13: Yeah, and, and you know, and, you know, Wright's previous. You know, he's a constantly big buddy on with Sean Hannity. And, you know, it look, you know, for the last two years, who they've featured over and over, you know, Newt Gingrich. It's like every other night, it was like Newt Gingrich, one of the, one of the worst possible choices that we could have but you know really they throw these people in there to muddy the water because they don't want a constitution constitutionalist i mean look at the new com john birch society mm-hmm. you know i am a big supporter because i am a conservative but they for many 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 years i've
0: got some uh, complaints but go ahead
13: <laughs> well, yeah but many many years john birch society new american and Ron paul have been the biggest Supporters of the Constitution, but then all of a sudden in the last few years, or so he can sell a book, you know, this Mark Levin with the big mouth. All of a sudden, he's the constitutional expert. But he, but he turns around, he bashes Ron Paul. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Paul, it's amazing to me these people that claim to, uh, you know, yeah. support uh, conservatism and complains of, uh, and claim to support the Constitution don't support yeah. the candidate that d- the only candidate that does support those things.
13: They do, and they and they and they just like uh, you know communists, you know, like it's in the, uh, you know the, the the rule books, rules for radicals and stuff. How they trash people and demonize people, make them out to be fools and nutcases. This is what they've
1: done to Ron Paul. And I've listened to. They've been successful. Theory.
0: There's arrests going on, as I understand, uh, with the Ron Paul people down in in, really? in, in Tampa, as I understand well, it.
1: Well, I mean, if he was so. Um, uh, fringe right if he was so unimportant they wouldn't have to spend all this time fighting against him i think right they don't know? even want his name m- mentioned it's at like, the rnc first they ignore i mean their you candidates they... stink
0: so badly they can't even they, they, they can't even talk about other candidates they ignored Wait, him Donald in 2008 of him. oh yeah
13: he's they, the only I, one that's ever said in the fed you never heard anybody else. Well, nice actually, now
0: uh, Ken, Ken, I'm really uh, you know it's really kind of amusing. But now they're talking about uh, Romney's talking about firing Bernanke, and uh, yeah. and and what's Paul Ryan is uh, saying that the United States dollar should be backed by a basket of currency, a basket of uh, commodities. So they're co opting yeah. a little bit of the message. Now you know this is the this is what politicians do. They co opt and oh, lie. Yeah. Co-opt they're just and trying lie. to get the yeah. Ron Paul supporters. They, they could really to care them. less. Um, you know Obama says that he was going to bring transparency to the federal government, and he's been the least yeah. transparent uh, president yet. You can believe that all they're doing is telling you lies, but it's pretty amusing that they've decided to co opt some of the stuff. Ken, I yeah. thank you for yeah. the call. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Mike in Virginia Beach. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live, Listen on XM. What's on your mind? Hey,
15: how are you guys? All's well. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know... Uh, Religion, I mean, is a little proof. I mean,
0: too much. Man, yeah. Is, is that what this you're saying? You you want a little proof?
15: Well, I mean, is that asking too much? It doesn't seem like
0: too much to me, um, but it does. It will uh, really stop
1: book sales. <laughs> well, isn't the answer? So, don't. Know, don't they claim that you know it's you, your faith is being tested, right? Or Satan's trying to confuse you. I don't know really what they say. But yeah, that's
0: what he, he hid them dinosaur bones around. I, to I agree
1: you. with the caller. I'm just trying to make. <laughs> I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here.
0: <laughs> Thanks for the call,
1: well, Mike.
15: As an atheist, you know, I uh, I have to say, I mean, like I have to be tolerant with everyone except my own beliefs. You know, as an atheist, I mean, oh God forbid, I say something against God. I mean, that's taboo. But you know, I can, uh, or religious people can say whatever they want against uh, uh, me, but, you know... Well, you know,
0: it's interesting. I think that they did a poll in a, a few years ago where they asked Americans, you know, of what, what faith they would accept, uh, you know, their their president to be. An atheist came up last below Muslim. The terrorists, right? This is what a lot of Americans <laughs> believe. The terrorists. Uh, atheists are worse than them. Was the I think it was like 26% of Americans or something like that would uh, accept an atheist as president. Oh,
1: and there's been a lot of studies about how much people trust uh, people who describe themselves as atheists, and they come up less trusted than rapists on on this recent study that I saw. So, yeah, I think we really have an uphill battle. But unfortunately, you know, uh, what people think about my opinions doesn't change my opinions. You know, I have to try to go with what I am convinced of and what I think is true.
15: Yeah, I would say that in reality, I mean, atheists probably are more moral than uh, most theists.
1: In my the ones in my circles, I th- I believe, have thought a lot about moral questions and how they want to live their lives, sure.
15: Yeah, I, I think atheists, you know, we're, we're truth seekers, and, you know, seeking the truth, I mean,
0: yeah.
1: you know,
15: morality well, tends to go along
0: with that. So. I think everybody is a truth seeker. Um, they're trying to find the truth for themselves, but... You guys have come to different conclusions than other people have come from. And I think what I think is the problem is, is when people say, yeah, we're going to cause you to burn in hell for that, because that's what the claim is. You know, they're they're talking about a time after death that no one can prove anything about. And they're making claims, you know, really horrifying claims. It doesn't
1: bother me so much when they say that, because I know I'm not really going to burn in hell, but it's just like it uh, it makes me not really want to eager be eager to talk to them anymore you know because at that point you're kind of at an impasse it's like what do you what do you do with that right so the poll showed that americans
0: are least likely to vote for someone who identifies as an atheist and was 54 percent. i'm sorry i got that number wrong mike i appreciate the call 855-450-3733 free talk live let's go to greg listen on xm greg you're on free talk live
16: oh wow hey mark uh i'm kind of nervous and uh uh <laughs> Every time I call in, but I had to just because I wanted to throw out a couple points here. Sure. uh, Because uh, uh, this has to do with the whole religious issue and the whole, uh, uh, and and basically, uh, we're really focusing in on uh, the, the Bible culture. Uh, the, the, the Bible, uh, because not all religions are, are, are uh, theocracies, okay?
0: Hey, Greg, hold, uh, the, the, hold but, the line here. I want to want to find out what you've got to talk about here as far as the Bible goes. 855-450-3733. Live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark and Stephanie. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark. And Stephanie. You give us a call. Talk about anything you want to talk about. I want to tell you about bitinstant.com real quick. We've been talking about Bitcoins here on Free Talk Live, and uh, you know I'm really excited about them.
1: And- you I, went to their offices this week.
0: BitInstant's offices, yes. Yep. Uh, Bitcoins don't really have an office; they're a decentralized uh, currency. Thank you. Uh, yes. Peer-to-peer, open source, and you can get them by going to BitInstant.com, where you can, you know, they, you pick some place that's close to you. They got more than seven hundred fifty thousand locations across the world, so there is some place close to you. I guarantee it. <laughs> and you can you know, get a little code there. You go, uh, you know, put some cash in anonymously if you wish. Um, and I don't think you can even give them your name. I don't even know if you could attach your name to the Bitcoins you got. By the time you get home, you'll, your Bitcoins will be in your Bitcoin wallet that you've downloaded. You can find out more at weusecoins.org about the Bitcoin wallet, and you can get your Bitcoins at bitinstant.com. It's bitinstant.com. Let's go to Greg, who we had uh, just spoken to, and he was going to tell us uh, about his ideas on uh, religion. Greg, you're, you're on Free oh. Talk Live.
16: Yeah, hi, Mark and Stephanie again. So... um uh, yeah, just, uh, boy, just, I've sat here thinking, and I've uh, got 500 different ideas come into my mind about uh, this whole issue. But what I was, uh, wanted to get to, I think, two points that I want to bring up. We can go to different places. But uh, uh, to, uh, when we talk about these stories, because they're stories and uh uh it's just like any mythology uh you could you can talk endlessly about did this character do this or what you know what all of this stuff is just has is endless uh, conversations and are potential conflicts wars, and arguments but what I want to point <laughs> yeah. out is Ain't,
0: ain't it the truth yeah
16: <laughs> but just to check out the legitimacy and this is what these people are fearful of the legitimacy of the source of their information which is the bible and the, the to me the, the bible is an abstract uh, abstract distraction okay and, and that uh, here's the other point that i want to bring up is that uh the uh the whole goal of the of these abrahamic religions abraham moses and the followers of Jesus is the same as government, control. Right Learn different on. methods of control, the people. 100% <laughs> agree. Man, listen, I, I'm about ready to scream, so maybe I should just go and call back <laughs> some other day, because I could talk about, I mean, I, I could talk about, remember Moses grew up in the royal household of Egypt. He knew the inner workings of government. Okay, so he knew how to control people, especially with symbols, which is what words and images are, to control their beliefs, uh, their inner dialogue, so you can control their behavior.
0: Also, uh, Moses believed in Yahweh, um, and uh, that's a different god than what Abraham believed in, which was (laughs) Elohim, and a lot of people don't really understand this, but the early uh, Israelites, I mean, we're talking about Moses' time, these were polytheists. They weren't monotheists. That Uh, monotheism came much much later, yeah. hundreds of years later. Greg, thanks for the call eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Let's go to Don. Colin in from Arkansas. Don, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind, Mark? Yes, sir.
17: I live in South Arkansas in a small town. A few years ago, we used to have an old fashioned city dump, and I'd go out there frequently. And there was a minister that that operated the dump, and we would go out, and I would tell this brother Matthew that I didn't believe in a burning hell, and he said, "Well, I do. I'm, I'm a minister. I do." And so one day I went out there, and the city dump was burning from one end to the other because they have to burn it ever so often.
0: Okay. Uh-huh.
17: And I said, "I said, brother Matthew, would you take your children out there and put in that fire and burn them up?" He said, "Well, no, I wouldn't do that." I said, "Why wouldn't you do it?" And he said, "Because I love them." I said, and God loves us too. He wouldn't do
0: that either. Yeah, you know, so, and this to me is just the end of the story. You know, I only get whipped up about one thing when it comes to religion, and that is hell, because I think that it is aggression upon your children. When you teach two, three Four, five-year-olds that they're got to do whatever is moral instead of you know doing what's moral for the sake of morality. But you've got to do what's moral, otherwise you're going to burn in hell. Or you got to believe this story, otherwise you're going to burn in hell. Or whatever the way, whatever way you spin this hell story, you're you're, you're setting that kid up for a lifetime of you know e- explaining that in their mind, the damage that, that's going to come upon them.
17: Yeah, it I, is. I so I, tell, I, taught, I taught my kids. That if you obey God's commandments, you're blessed. If you don't obey them, then sometimes we have a flood and it kills a lot of people.
0: You know, I I think that.
1: But isn't that the same as, like, isn't that also a carrot and a stick, kind of like heaven and hell are? I mean, what about people developing their, like, understanding morality? Morality is a carrot and a
0: stick.
17: Um, The most important thing that God wants us to do is to get back to Him. And if if we have to uh, receive a little bit of a of a uh, guidance by jumping our toe so we'll turn around and start doing right, then so be it, because the most important thing is getting back to his presence and living with him someday.
0: Thank you for the call, Don. I really appreciate it. 855-450-3733.
1: Uh, heaven and hell are two sides of the same coin. I mean, it, it really is. Like, I mean, I think there are lots of reasons to, quote, be moral, but well, um, when you learn that the only reason you should— you know, do good, which is really obey authorities, is so you will avoid a punishment, i.e., hell, or get a reward, i.e., heaven, that really kind of stunts your development. I mean, it's a very primitive sort of idea of uh, right, you know, morality, right and wrong. And, you know, how about-
0: I, I agree with you on this, and I think that this is the reason that I spent eight and a half years of my life yeah. in prison. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they get shocked by this when they hear it on the radio, but I did. I spent eight and a half years of my life in prison, and I blame it so. Squ- Squarely on the shoulders of Christianity and the stories that I was told. If somebody, if my parents, if my, if the people at the Christian school, if the people at church, would have just explained morality to me as opposed to explaining heaven and hell as a reason for doing what was right and what was wrong, I think I would have understood. It's relatively easy if you do the moral thing in life. Your life is going to be better. You're going to sleep better at night.
1: You're going to probably, uh, you know, be much more prosperous. Right. You know, they and say crime doesn't things. pay. They and they all say it for those a things reason. happen uh, right here in this world. We don't have yes. to wait for an afterlife to experience the consequences of our actions, whether good or bad, you know.
0: Right. And this is what, you know, when, once I came to the conclusion and your kids could come to this conclusion, this is the problem with teaching Christianity as it exists today. Is it's a silly story and it's difficult to defend And whether you believe it or not, that's that's beside the point. But if you not just Christianity, all religions, religions are difficult stories. So when you teach your kids these things and you don't give them some moral foundation, then when they reject the story, and I did, then I rejected hell. I rejected any reason I had for acting good. Because hell was the reason that you act good. Well, then, what about morality? Now that I'm out, at, you know, now that I'm out of prison, I understand. And when I was in prison too, and I accepted morality and I understood what morality was, and I could function in society because of morality. I mean, if I would have just been given the gift of morality instead of the gift of some silly crazy story, I would never have gone to prison. And that's what makes me so angry. Yeah. please. Fine, teach your kids all the crazy stories you want to teach them, but explain to them morality. This is the, this is the crux of the problem, and this, it destroys lives. It destroyed mine, and I don't forgive the preachers and the, the Sunday school teachers and all these people who spent all their time telling me about, oh, you better do this or you're going to go to the voodoo place. I do not forgive them. Because it ruins lives. Take responsibility for the stuff you spew out of your mouth. Don't just repeat the things that you heard other people say. It's not acceptable. Think for yourself. Think critically. God gave you a brain. If God gave anything, he gave you a brain and you're responsible for using it. That's where free will comes in. Free will can only be based on the truth. Free will can't be based on Stories, lies, bullcrap, and nutty stories. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm damaged and I'm upset and I'm bitter because these stories ruined my life, or at least the early part of it. 855 450 3733 Free Talk Live. Talk live 855 453. That's the SACL toll free call in line 855 450 3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want. Maybe we can get you on. I don't know. We're kind of loaded up with your calls. Looks like we might have, we certainly have two on the line. Let's see if we got a third. Let's go to... Oh,
1: wait, Mark, didn't we have oh, a message?
0: Yep. Quick, sorry. Thank you.
1: <laughs> We're here in New Hampshire because of the Free State Project. And uh, if you want to find out more about that, you should join, uh, you, excuse me, you should visit freestateproject.org. You should also join too. There's almost 13,000 people who have signed up to be a part of this, this freedom movement and uh, moved to New Hampshire to get freer lives for themselves and try to get more liberty in, your, in their lifetimes. And if that sounds interesting to you, uh, check out freestateproject.org.
0: FreeStateProject dot org. Stephen in Illinois, listening on XM. You're on Free Talk Live.
9: Uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to weigh in with uh, I I had a uh, religious experience. Uh, I got I got my I guess my most intense religious experience watching George Carlin's little skit on YouTube about God, <laughs> and uh, I I've sort of cut the christian religion down uh for me it's just i uh i follow the ten commandments and i even added uh, an 11th commandment which is the golden rule and the 12th commandment is everybody you meet greet them with a nice smile and life's pretty smooth because of that
0: yeah, you know, those are some good rules. And I think that, uh, you know, laying them out that way, I, I can't imagine how one could go wrong. There's the, uh, you know, oh. remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy. I'm not entirely sure that that's... How about uh, don't covet things, right? Well, well coveting, is, coveting covet. is kind of an evil uh, sort of greed, as opposed to... Uh, you have to understand what they mean by covet.
1: Um, Respect to your parents, I mean, what about that one? Honor your mother and it's father? Hard to, it's hard to go wrong. Honoring them is one thing. You don't what have to believe everything they say. I mean, not every parent is a really nice person, though. Some parents are abusive. You or... can give them a certain <laughs> level of respect. Stephen? Uh, yeah, that's,
9: that's about all I had to say. But Thanks I, for the I call. Really, uh, I really enjoy, I, I would encourage everybody to watch George Carlin. He, has, he was a great philosopher.
0: Indeed, he really was <laughs> a great philosopher of our time. Let's go to Ed in Tennessee. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live.
18: Oh, George Carlin, what a genius.
0: I'm a Indeed. fan.
18: Hey, uh, <laughs> hey I want to comment on the guns, and then we, well, how much time we got? But,
1: a
8: few minutes.
18: Hey, uh,
1: we were, Ed, we've I been talking about that. religion the whole show, and you called to comment about guns.
18: Well, I, I got to make this comment. You know how they say that if everybody had a gun, they could stop all that, and you see the reports. The cops shot nine innocent people. Yeah. And right here, the uh, the New York Times reported the accuracy rate for New York City officers firing in the line of duty is thirty four percent
1: Wow, so that of, kind yeah, of yeah, that's not very accurate this, it, and they're supposed to be the best, right They're supposed right. to be the the best hey, you
18: can practice every day, it doesn't matter, you got your hormones ran, you know yeah. what I mean, and yeah, uh, just anxiety, everything, all this stuff about oh, I can pull my gun and shoot oh yeah it, hey, you can what's the little saying? it's easy to shoot the gun over here. All these people that speak up for the military, but if you're over there, fear rules. But anyway, hey, let's get on religion. All right. Uh, <laughs> of all the tyrannies that affect mankind, tyranny of religion is the worst.
1: Yeah, it is I a, I agree. I think it's not a God,
18: just and good, but a devil under the name of God that the Bible describes. Thomas Paine. Hmm. I
1: yeah, think it's is... not just the heaven and hell thing. I think there are lots of other tyrannies involved with religion. Uh but yeah. You know, I mean and, and if certainly if, heaven and hell is if one. you look at the Old Testament god, uh Yahweh, uh you know, he's a war
0: god and one of the pantheon of uh, gods that was believed in by the polytheistic Jews of the time, and you would call him nothing but a devil. Uh you know, there's the story about
18: I Mark, I don't believe none. All that is a bunch of garbage.
0: <laughs> just the, the
18: these guys these people that hey listen we are just uh we're like a grain of sand we're gonna be around a little bit and it's over i don't care what anybody says hey, hey, can you show me evidence any other way than that
0: I, there's not a lot of evidence when it comes to religion <laughs> ed thanks for the call 8554 what am i giving the telephone number for we're here at the uh the 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 end of free talk lives live sunday edition let's take daniel Calling in uh, from California. Daniel, on, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's on your mind?
14: Uh, well, I want to get on the uh, religion discussion. Oh, quick, quick. Uh, quick, quick. Okay, just a real quick one on damnation, as I understand it, like going to hell. I do not think of hell as a place that someone goes. I think of damnation as a condition of the soul that happens, and it does not happen because God damns you. It happens if an individual has allowed themselves to become so morally corrupted that they refuse God's love.
1: Uh, what so is it, a soul, Daniel?
14: Who, what's that? What's a soul? That's a very good question. Um, I like the C.S. Lewis quote. Um, it's something along the lines of, uh, I don't have a soul, I am a soul. I have a body. Does that make any sense?
1: Not really. Well, I, not to yeah.
0: atheists, it doesn't. <laughs>
14: I think that a soul okay, is your mind. It's,
0: it's the things you think. It's, it's the, the, well,
14: the, I think the, the question is, is there... Um, anything that's going on within your consciousness that cannot be attributed to the physical phenomena of the electrical currents in your brain.
1: Yeah, is there something that lives on when your physical body dies?
14: Yeah, is there something that, I mean, are you more than just physicality? And I think that, you know, raises a lot of questions about other sort of abstract things, Uh, things like love or hate or courage. Are those real things or are those just words that we've made up? I don't know. I'm just speculating.
1: Yeah, no. I I don't think that there's... You know, it's contradictory to biology to live on after you die. I mean, it's as simple yeah. as that.
14: Well, the question is, is there something more to uh, human or other things in the world that are not... Uh, not immediately physically
0: observable. You know, what I think is always interesting in this subject is, um, you know, and I don't know what to think. I, I don't have answers in this area. I tend to think that mm-hmm. there's you know, that, that there's some kind of life after death, but I don't know. Maybe it's just something I'd like to think about. Um, but, you know, at what, what wait, do the chimpanzees get it? Wait, wait. But, um, I'm asking questions here. Do the chimpanzees <laughs> get life after death? Do the dolphins get life after death? Do the doggies? Because I'd hate to think that heaven doesn't have doggies. I've got dogs that All I miss terribly. Heaven
14: hey, if I go to heaven, I expect to see my dogs there.
0: But there's uh, many religions and many religious teachers out there that will say that your dogs don't have souls. Only humans have souls, right?
14: Okay, and, and, well, maybe they're right, and maybe they're wrong. Right, maybe they're right, maybe they're
0: wrong. Right. Uh, maybe, they're right, maybe they're wrong I would like to make souls. a point about
14: the biology and consciousness sort of thing. Okay, quick. Um, imagine there was a time when the most advanced uh, fish in the ocean swimming around didn't have any sort of a real eyeball. It just had some sort of specialized tissue that could respond to the Presence or lack of light. Yep, the fish couldn't see colors or shapes or anything like that. That's not imagination. It faint notion that there was something else out there. Yep, perhaps humans have evolved to a point where they are spiritually, sort of, vaguely aware of these things, but we're not yet at the point where we can really get our heads around it.
0: It's an interesting idea, Daniel. Um, no, let's go to I, maybe I'm not evolved, but I just, there's actually <laughs> science that says that uh, skeptics and uh, believers have different sorts of brains and different perceptions that they don't they, they don't look and see the continuity humans are, tend to be pattern recognizing beasts and that uh, okay, skeptics but I'm really tend- good
1: at math and I'm really good at science, but I don't. And I recognize certain patterns, but I don't believe in religion.
0: Well, I'm not, and I'm claiming you're dumb. I'm just claiming that uh, you may be biologically different. There are tests out there that uh, that say that these sort of things are true. Maybe. Ian, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh,
5: I've talk about uh, school education and uh, anarcho-syndicalism.
0: Okay, you've got one minute. Hit, hit anarcho-syndicalism in one minute. Maybe you should define uh, it for people. So uh,
5: Basically, uh, it's a philosophy... Uh education uh, <laughs> property will be based on occupancy and use. So if I am in my house, I own my house because I'm in my house. Yeah. Not like so I can't be an absentee property holder, for example. Like the, the a capitalist can't own the factory because he isn't, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So how does it relate to in education? In
5: Uh, Just that it's crap and it's like public education is crap and it's training people to be obedient workers.
0: Ian, I really want to have this conversation, but the best way to have this conversation is for you to call back on any night at, you know, between 7 and 8 o'clock um, on, you know, we we're, we're, we do it seven nights a week here on Free Talk Live. We're one of the only, I think the only commercial but radio program. But the
1: calls always flood in at the last hour. They do hour, come in, and there's no way people. we can give
0: anarcho-syndicalism its fair due <laughs> um, on Free Talk Live in the, the last 20 seconds. So I really appreciate you calling. Call back at 855-450-3733. Any night of the week, and we will be happy to talk to you about these ideas. If he wants
1: to talk to us specifically, you and I, he'd have to call on a Sunday. Sunday nights. But we have great, phenomenal co-hosts, Ian, you, and a lot of the other crew are here. That's right. The The
0: hosts of the show are Ian, Stephanie, and me, Mark. And then we have co-hosts that sit in during the week. So, 855, that's the number you'd call, but uh, you can check us out in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You can upload stories and news posts there. It's completely interactive. Thanks for listening. It's been Mark and Stephanie at freetalklive.com.